going here on Saturday, 12.02 p.m. How are you guys doing this week? It's February 13th, 2021, of course. It is BK here yet again. Jacked, tan, the steel trap mine, the only man capable of a solo podcast of two and a half hours straight through no breaks, no editing. Guys, nobody else on the internet has the intellectual capacity to pull off this feat. I keep trying to tell you, you won't listen to me, but that's okay. Stick around. And get ready for your two and a half hours worth of news. You guys, follow me on my social media accounts, uh, BK Actual on Instagram, at Bravo Kilo Actual on Twitter. And please, by all means, if you want to support the podcast, check out that Patreon. Go to patreon.com, look for BK Actual. Okay, let's get right into it, you guys, and let's start our world news with Japan. And this is breaking as I kick off the podcast here. This earthquake that just did hit Japan. It shook a broad area across eastern Japan late Saturday night, or just about an hour ago our time, and its epicenter was right off the coast of Fukushima. Of course, that is where the three nuclear reactors melted down after a quake and tsunami nearly 10 years ago. God, can you believe it's been 10 years that that happened? It seems like it was recent. While this latest earthquake left nearly a million households without power across the Fukushima region, and it did force the closure of roads, uh, train services were suspended, and a landslide cut off a chunk of a main road that runs through Fukushima Prefecture. They are reporting the quake's magnitude as 7.3, but this time Japan's meteorological service says there is no danger of a tsunami. I wonder why. Uh, Over there, by the way, that last, uh, the big Fukushima earthquake of 10 years ago, that is known as the Great East Japan Earthquake. And uh, this time, they say this earthquake rattled an area as far north as Hokkaido, down to the Choguko region in western Japan. The greater Tokyo area felt the quake for about 30 seconds but the shaking was felt most powerfully in Fukushima. Remember, the original Fukushima earthquake of 10 years ago killed more than 16,000 people. And then after the subsequent nuclear disaster in Fukushima, 164,000 people fled or had to be evacuated from around the plant. So ongoing in Japan, like everywhere else, is the coronavirus and This is difficult because they're having to respond to this quake while all of that is going on. In addition, Japan is also preparing to host the Summer Olympics. Those were postponed by one year from 2020. The games are scheduled, as of now, to open in Japan on July 23rd. So you can bet that Japan is keeping a close eye on those nuclear power plants, which are popular over there. And the public broadcaster NHK has reported that they've detected no major abnormalities at any of the reactors where the meltdowns occurred in 2011. So good news there. And there's also no immediate information about the hundreds of tanks filled with contaminated water that are stored near Fukushima. Remember, they had to store all that stuff in order. They didn't want to release it back into the ocean uh, in 2011. So luckily... Everything's good there. Now, how about Japan's history of earthquakes? You know they've had a long one. Roughly a dozen powerful earthquakes have struck Japan in the past decade. 
several of them triggering tsunamis and landslides. Recently, in 2016, more than 40 people died after two earthquakes shook the southern island of Kyushu. The largest one of those two registered a magnitude of 7.0. And then in 2018, dozens of people died and millions lost power after a powerful quake in the northern island of Hokkaido triggered landslides. And the quake that summer came just days after the largest typhoon recorded in 25 years struck Japan. So they, they're like an island nation after all. So, you know, you live on one of these and you can expect Mother Nature comes hard. So I'll probably keep an eye on that one. As I said, that's un, uh, ongoing as we speak. So hopefully it sounds like everything's okay right now. Let's go to Afghanistan. And a fuel tanker exploded today at a crowded border post uh, in western Afghanistan. And it set off this huge fire that spread to a hundred other tankers. And I'm looking at pictures and video of it right now. And you just see these massive columns of black smoke. And just shit like blowing up and exploding in the sky. It's pretty crazy. If you guys go to the New York Times, you can see some of this uh, video online. Now, the officials said they have not determined yet what caused the first tanker to explode. This is at the Islam Kala Customs Post on the border with Iran. And uh, they're, they're hedging a little bit. They said they could not confirm Afghan and Iranian media reports that up to 500 tankers of fuel had already burned and that the blaze had spread to the Iranian Customs Post on the other side of the border. But at least 17 people so far have been confirmed injured. The number of casualties is uh, expected to rise. So they have a lot of tankers right here because the tankers import fuel and natural gas from Iran. The United States has granted Afghanistan an exception to sanctions imposed on Iran to import fuel. However, U.S.-backed Afghan security forces are prohibited from using that fuel. Okay, okay. <laughs> like, like, yeah, we can control that, sure. Iran, if you didn't know, is Afghanistan's largest trading partner. And that uh, crossing where the fire is burning right now is crucial to the economy of the entire western Afghanistan region. Uh, as far as the Taliban in that area, they operate uh, quite a bit. They uh, have so-called shadow governments in much of the countryside outside the city of Herat. The American-backed government does control Herat, but everything outside is like uh, literally like fucking bad guy country. So because of this fire, the electricity supply from neighboring Iran was disconnected as a precaution, and Iran is actually sending firefighters... Uh, to assist. Now, speaking of Afghanistan, other news, five Afghan security forces members have been killed in an attack on a UN convoy. And this was on the outskirts of Afghanistan's capital of Kabul. And unidentified gunmen did kill those five security forces members who were escorting the uh, UN agency's vehicles. They do believe the Taliban was behind this attack. This is about 37 miles east of Kabul in the Surabai province. 
and the UN convoy basically came under small arms fire. It killed a driver whose vehicle then veered off the road into a river, and that left the other four occupants dead as well. Ugh, brutal, man. Mm-hmm. And uh, Afghanistan continues melting down in a hurry. Let's go over to India and that Himalayan flood. You guys have seen this uh, on social media, this, this gigantic flood that burst through. Yeah, so far, bodies of 26 victims have been recovered, and the search is proceeding for nearly 200 missing people. I touched on this last week. You saw that on Sunday, last Sunday, a surge of water and debris went uh, roaring down the steep mountain valleys of the Rishiganga River and just fucking crushed everything in its path. Most of the victims were workers on the power plant projects. Uh, security forces are focused on one tunnel where they said 30 people were trapped. Food has been airdropped to 13 villages where the roads have been cut off, and there's nearly 2,500 people trapped in those villages, and they have no way in or out. So they're talking now about India and how they've ignored warnings of development risks here. It's an interesting area because the region has about 15,000 glaciers, which are retreating at a rate of 100 to 200 feet per decade. Now, these melting glaciers create thousands of glacial lakes that can suddenly break through the ice and rocky debris holding them back, and that then causes these catastrophic floods. In Nepal, Bhutan, India, and Pakistan, a large number of glacial lakes have been deemed imminently dangerous. And Nepal has been particularly vulnerable because climate change has forces entire villages to migrate to lower lands for survival from a deepening water crisis, is writing the New York Times here. And they have been warned repeatedly, the Indian government that is, that dams should not be built in this basin, including on the Rishiganga. This kind of happened back in between 2012 and 2014. And they said, for the reasons I just laid out, you shouldn't be uh, doing this. But the government is trying to build infrastructure, including more than 500 miles of highways to improve access to several major Hindu temples. So this is you know, kind of what you get here. So that's a hell of a rescue effort. Good luck to them. Let's go to Africa. And what's going on? You know, here's a country I don't talk about much in Africa, the Central African Republic. So right now they have an alliance of rebels that are laying siege to the capital of the Central African Republic. I know you fucking never even heard about any of this, did you? You'd think CNN could fit in like two minutes on what's going on in the world in between hour 47 of the stupid impeachment thing. And I'll get to that in a minute later. But no, they can't. They're fucking just obsessed with the orange man, dude. They Have you seen CNN's ratings collapse completely since Trump has been off Twitter and left office? It's so fucking funny. The irony. I, and I told you guys a hundred times. I'm going to get back to the Central African Republic in a minute. But just while I'm on the topic. I said it on Twitter at Bravo Kilo Actual. The fucking irony is all these people who hate Trump are rapidly becoming irrelevant since he lost the election and nobody even cares about them anymore and they're losing their audiences and they're losing their Patreons and they're losing everything. The irony is they're 
in their hatred, and they probably secretly know this, it would have been far better for them professionally and financially if Trump had won a second term. That's what I fucking can't get over. You think any of these woke journalists are going to sell any books about their years covering the Biden administration? Fuck no. Nobody's going to care. But while Trump was in office, Jim Acosta wrote a fucking book about, you know, he was like a D-Day guy storming the beach at Normandy. That's what he was uh, comparing himself to and covering the Trump administration. And, and the resistance bought like tons and tons of copies of his book. Just one small example of it. Anyway, I digress as I often do. Let us return to the Central African Republic. Uh, despite the intervention of UN peacekeepers, Russian military advisors, and Rwandan troops, they are having this conflict going on. Remember, the Central African Republic is a landlocked country. It doesn't really get any attention because it's kind of irrelevant in the uh, African stage. But almost one-third of Central Africans have been displaced from their homes in recent years including 200,000 people who fled just since December. So, here's a little fucking facts on the Central African Republic. And what is it? Well, it's about the size of Texas. It's got a population of about 5 million people. It's basically right in the middle of the African continent, if you look at it. It's enclosed going clockwise by Chad, Sudan, South Sudan, and then the Democratic Republic of Congo, Republic of Congo, and Cameroon. All of them, those countries I just mentioned, host refugees from the Central African Republic who have fled mayhem. Now, the colonial name of the Central African Republic uh, is Ubangi Shari. And uh, that stood for the land that straddles the Ubangi and Shari river basins. So, the name changed during the 1950s decolonization period of French Equatorial Africa. You guys know France was uh, very big on colonizing Africa, as was Belgium. So what's causing the fighting in the country now? Well, the fighting can be traced the elections on December 27th, which rebel groups tried to disrupt. The incumbent president was a guy named President Faustine Ar Archange Toadera. He won a second term as rebels staged attacks and occupied major towns. The president's opponents have accused him of fraud. <laughs> See, it's, it's election. It's the same shit in every election all over the globe. One person is always screaming about fraud. So who are these rebels? Well, it's kind of a meld of the remnants of two broader and formerly antagonistic armed groups. One group is called the Seleka, which means alliance. It is a coalition of majority Muslim fighters from the north. And the other group is a mostly Christian vigilante militia that call them the anti-Balaka, which sometimes translates as anti-machete. Of course, both groups have been accused of committing atrocities against civilians, including rape and mass murder. So these groups were recently at each other's throats, so why have they teamed up? Well, it's not exactly clear but they have combined an alliance called the Coalition of Patriots for Change. And they are believed to have the support of a former president, some guy named Francois Bossisi. He seized power in a 2003 coup and was deposed by the Seleka 
the aforementioned militia in 2013. So he was disqualified from running in those last December elections, and he is believed to be in hiding. So this coalition now says, hey, we are a legitimate political force. Uh, so what's everyday life in the Central African Republic right now? Well, ba the capital of Bangui is under siege. Rebels are blocking the entry routes, constricting supply deliveries. How long has the Central African Republic been unstable? Well, pretty much forever. I mean, it started in the slave trade when sultans ruled the area. And then the French colonists took over and they leased it to companies who forced local people to work for them. That resulted in about half the population dying over the 50 years after French explorers first arrived. They had an independence leader, a guy named Bartholemy Boganda, who died in a mysterious plane crash in 1959, one year before full independence. And since then, the country has never really been at peace. It's been basically one political rival group and militia group fighting after another. In 1965, the president named David Daco was overthrown by a military commander with French backing. A guy named Jean Baudel Bocasa later proclaimed himself emperor. That's a good move. See, that's what I'm going to do when I seize power, you guys. I'm immediately going to proclaim myself emperor. It's a good title. He, Bocasa, ruled for 14 years and was accused of atrocities, including the killing of school children for not wearing uniforms with his image. Fuck. <laughs> See, if you want to be emperor, you're going to have to be a fucking hard dude for sure. That guy, Bocasa, was later convicted of murder and sentenced to death. However, he was commuted to life imprisonment. He died in 1996. And since then, it's been a succession of coups, mutinies, and more French military interventions. The UN has deployed a peacekeeping force there since 2014. So there you go, guys. Um, now you know more about the Central African Republic than 99.9% of the United States. Congratulations. Let's move, keep moving around Africa, though. Uh, how about this? Britain's Supreme Court said yesterday, Friday, that a group of about 50,000 Nigerian farmers and fishermen can bring a case in London's high court against Royal Dutch Shell Corporation over years of oil spills in the Niger Delta that have polluted their land, wells, and waterways. Yeah, the judges said there was the potential that a parent company like Shell, which has its headquarters in the Netherlands but a large British presence, has responsibility for the activities of subsidiaries like the Shell Petroleum Development Company of Nigeria, which operates in that region. So they th this ruling is a big deal because they think it's like a real watershed moment in the accountability of these multinational companies who you know operate all over the world. Uh, sometimes with little regard to local economies or local environmental laws. Uh, so bringing the case in Britain was two ethnic groups called the Ogale and Bile peoples. And they're claiming that their lives have been blighted by years of damage from oil spills from populations, uh, pipelines, I'm sorry, operated by Shell. 
And they said they were bringing their claims in Britain because the prospects of success in the Nigerian courts were remote, giving that few lawyers would, one, take on the case, and two, local tribal leaders might lay claim to money from any judgment. Uh, so Shell, their main defense is saying, well, look, any damage from leaks that happen in your rivers, that's basically happening through sabotage and criminal activity. If you guys have been listening to this podcast for a long time, you know that I've covered some of these uh, fuel piracy issues, you know, where they hack into fuel lines and stuff like that. Often it, it results in massive explosions killing a bunch of people. But yes, a company spokesman did say in an email, quote, the spills at issue happen in communities that are heavily impacted by oil theft, illegal oil refining, and the sabotage of pipelines. So there you go. That's what they're going to just say the whole time. And finally, in Africa, let's talk about what's going on in the Congo and guess what's back? Yep, that's right. Fucking Ebola. Right back. It is once again threatening the violence-plagued region of the Democratic Republic of Congo. And this comes only three months after the health authorities in the country declared the last outbreak was gone. Well, the health ministry announced on Sunday that... The wife of a farmer who had survived the disease died February 3rd, three days after she first showed symptoms. And this was at a hospital in Butembo. That's a city of about 700,000 people in North Kivu province. A blood analysis on the woman performed did come back positive for the virus. So now the World Health Organization is there and they are now investigating Remember that uh, Ebola outbreak in that region started in August 2018 and it killed more than 2,000 people. It was declared over last June, but that outbreak was the country's 10th outbreak and the second worst Ebola outbreak on record. And of course, the entire time it was punctuated by recurring rebel violence in the region and those attacks on healthcare workers. Remember, as I told you a couple, you know, a while ago, covering the Ebola, the locals there did not like the health workers. They thought they were the ones bringing the virus in. You know, it's a lot of superstition and witch doctoring over there. So, obviously, again, they're already dealing with the coronavirus that is has already placed severe strains on public health resources. Ebola was first discovered in Democratic Republic of Congo in 1976. That was when the country was known as Zaire. And the latest outbreak would be the fifth over the past four years in the country, which is fucking huge. It is more than three times the size of the state of Texas. Damn, that's, that's bigger than I thought, actually. I'm assuming that's by landmass, because I think if it was by population, it would have said that. I don't have a map in front of me, so I can't see. Uh, I spoke earlier about the second worst outbreak of Ebola. Remember the worst Ebola outbreak in history affected the West African countries of Guinea, Liberia, and Sierra Leone. And that was from March 2014 to June 2016. And that was when more than 28,000 people were infected and more than 11,000 people ended up dying. So 
Fuck. Can you, can you imagine? On top of the coronavirus, now they got to go back to worrying about Ebola. Africa is just so fucked, like constantly. <laughs> like, why, why can't they just... And it's funny because, like, they come to the United States or the are African immigrants, and they are unusually successful here. So, go figure. All right, uh, I mentioned Japan earlier. Let's go back to Japan. Uh, this story was funny. This is about. I mentioned how they're 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 supposed to start the Tokyo Olympics coming up soon. Well. The president of the Tokyo Olympic Organizing Committee resigned. He resigned yesterday. And this was a little over a week after he unleashed a firestorm. That's the media's favorite term. Fucking can't come up with a new fucking term. What the media? They all think they're like brave truth tellers when in fact they're the most lockstep group of fucking dogma following fucking buffoons there is in any industry. They all use the same phrases. They all think exactly alike. They all use the same cliches. They're all far leftist kooks. All of them. Can you fucking mix it up a little bit? The fire, st fire storm. So sick of that word. Come up with something else. I don't know. Kerfuffle even would be better. Sick of you people. All right. Sorry. I don't know why. That's, I don't know why that set me off. But let's talk about it. Uh, this was Yoshiro Mori. He was president of the Tokyo Olympic Organizing Committee. Remember, he unleashed his kerfuffle by suggesting women talk too much in meetings. Uh, Mr. Mori, who is 83 and a former prime minister of Japan, had made the offensive remarks after an executive meeting on February 3rd of the Japanese Olympic Committee. Okay, don't tell me the New York Times is too woke to actually print the offending remarks. Okay, they just put it in a separate article, so now i got to click this one open. Oh, fuck. All right. Uh, let me see. On this one, okay, here it is. Here it is, here it is, here it is. I had to open a new tab here. Rare misstep by the New York Times. They've been fucking up a little bit lately. Okay, so he was holding an executive meeting of the Japanese Olympic Committee that was held online. Remember, he's 83 fucking years old. In a pretty conservative, male-dominated society. So... He said the following, according to a report in one of the country's largest daily newspapers. He said, quote, On boards with a lot of women, the board meetings take so much time. Women have a strong sense of competition. If one person raises their hand, others probably think, I need to say something too. You have to regulate speaking time to some extent. Or else, we'll never be able to finish. End quote. He talks just like this, guys. You think, I, I'm just telling you, this is what he sounds like. That's a spot-on impression. So anyway, of course, on stupid Twitter, everybody starts, oh, he needs to resign and step down immediately. This is just an outrage. This is a firestorm, you guys. Seriously. Of course. And he's probably very highly competent, too. And they'll hire some fucking idiot to take his place, but who's very woke. That, that's all that matters now in our new society is your skin color, your genitals, and how woke you are. Competency, fucking intelligence, 
None of that matters anymore in the, in our brave new world. It's so great, isn't it? The leading candidate to replace him is some dude named Sabuto Kawabuchi, 84 years old, a former president of the governing body for Japanese soccer. Oh, the Japanese media said that he would not be taking the post. Oh, here we go. Then speculation then turned to a woman. Seiko Hashimoto, 56 years old, the cabinet minister for the Olympics. The appointment of a woman would represent an abrupt change in course and a sharp capitulation of pressure after the organizing committee's apparent initial attempt to name another male leader. Yeah, God forbid you have a man. That's right. You know, America has really ruined everything with our fucking woke obsessions. I have a story about that later. France is pushing back on that a little bit. Of all people, I make fun of them constantly, and France is going to be the fucking voice of reason in the woke wars, you guys. It pains me. It kills me to admit this. All right, let's keep going. So that's what's going on in Japan. What else? Let's go to Morocco. At least 24 people died in a flooded house that was being used as a clandestine textile factory after torrential rains this week in the northern Moroccan city of Tangier. The victims, most of whom were women, were trapped in the basement of the house in a residential neighborhood of the city. At least 10 people were rescued from the house. The state-run local TV network put the death toll, like I said, at 28 well, New York Times used 24. This state-run network is saying 28, citing police sources. Photos and videos of heavy rains and the dead bodies of men and women being taken out of the house were widely circulated on social media. Uh, the Interior Ministry said it was investigating. Local news media reported that flooding was a common problem in Tangier, despite heavy investment to prevent it. Many factories are still operating illegally in houses in uh, dangerous conditions. So, yeah, it's a fucking bummer, man. Okay, what else? Let's turn to China. China's broadcasting regular announced on Friday that the BBC will be banned from airing its programs in China through satellite services. Mm. Uh, They accused the British news service of biased, inaccurate reporting that has damaged Chinese ethnic unity. (laughs) That's that's a good phrase. Hmm. The Chinese announcement came just over a week after the British broadcasting regulator banned China Global Television Network, citing its control by the Chinese Communist Party. And this move is now likely seen as a counterstrike against that move. Now, the BBC's services were already restricted by China's comprehensive firewall of censorship. And the new ban will affect a limited number of viewers in international hotels and residential compounds populated mainly by foreigners. Hmm. They didn't specify which news reporting was found to have violated Chinese rules, but for days, Chinese officials and state media have complained about BBC reports on Xinjiang, the western region of China where Muslim minorities have endured sweeping detentions and draconian controls. A program earlier this month focused on testimony from women from Xinjiang who described being raped in detention camps. 
That report said, quote, several former detainees and a guard have told the BBC they experienced or saw evidence of an organized system of mass rape, sexual abuse, and torture, end quote. So that's what uh, the Chinese regulator decided uh, was a fucking no-go. And this had to do with um, the Uyghur people, among others, the Muslim minority in China. Uh, this uh, is kind of an ongoing problem in China, this censorship of foreign networks. In February 2020, remember, China ordered three correspondents for the Wall Street Journal to leave as punishment for a headline in the journal's opinion section that Beijing denounced as racist. In March, China ordered the expulsion of another dozen or so journalists for the journal, the Washington Post, and the New York Times. That move was retaliatory, after the Trump administration announced a cap on the number of Chinese citizens allowed to work in the United States for five state-run Chinese news outlets. All right, very good. Let's go to Myanmar. You guys know last week I got pretty into the military coup that's going on there. Well, they've been protesting like crazy. The protests against that military coup in Myanmar had swelled to hundreds of thousands of people. And it started with only a few dozen. So they have people from all walks of life basically gathering in these huge crowds to defend the idea of democracy in their country. And this has happened even as the police fired into crowds. They are being accused of occasionally using live ammunition and sometimes rubber bullets and deploying water cannons. See, is that where all the water cannons are? I've been begging for the water cannons for the Antifa protests. I mean, they could use a fucking water cannon in Portland for sure. Is that who we have to turn to for effective rioting control? Maybe the Myanmar military can send us one of their water cannon trucks for those dirty, filthy incel fucking hippie losers in Portland. Of course, the protesters in Myanmar have called for Da Aung San Suu Kyi, the civilian leader who was put under house arrest last week, to be freed and for the generals to step aside. Many of the protesters has, have held up a three-finger salute a symbol from the Hunger Games series that was adopted by anti-government protests in Thailand last year. God. <laughs> Pop culture just infects everything. Um, let's see. What else here? Yeah, they're trying to show their support for Ms. Key and her political party, the National League for Democracy. Any word about casualties here? The military has cracked down on previous protests, and they do have a history of killing hundreds, if not thousands, of people. So it's a little bit harder to do now with the advent of social media because then they just look like dicks, but we will see. Maybe they won't care. I mean, they didn't care when they were rounding up the Rohingya and shipping them off to internment camps, so maybe they won't. All right, what else? Let's talk about Brexit going on a little bit. Of course, Brexit has happened. We are in the post-Brexit area. Brexit, if you don't know and you're completely clueless, was when the UK, United Kingdom, Great Britain, whatever you want to call it, voted to leave the European Union. 
and it did pass. So as of this year, it's official, and the trade deal Britain struck last year, late last year, with the European Union stopped tariffs from being imposed on goods exchanged across the English Channel. But it did not prevent the revival of customs procedures, health and safety checks, value-added taxes, and other time-consuming commerce-limiting hindrances. And this was going to be a negative side effect of Brexit. The businesses across Britain are now contending with all this confusion and unfamiliar bureaucratic hurdles. And this comes on top of the coronavirus pandemic, so it's a bummer. And one of the uh, examples they cite is that they had this one guy they talked to. His company had shipped pork to the European Union without custom checks from uh, from the from the UK, and now his problem is that he's sitting on 53 tons of rotting pork because his shit is taking too long. I'm sorry, let me back up there. His pork is at a port in the Netherlands, and he's trying to get it into the UK. Okay, I think that's what's going on. This is kind of badly written here. It's not clear. Because they talk about how he had easily sent it to European Union countries, but they don't mention the UK specifically. I'm assuming they mean... He's trying to get it into the UK, because that would make sense. New York Times does not write it that way, though. Uh, Now, another thing they're dealing with is exports. The European Union has traditionally purchased nearly half of Britain's exports, but the volume of exports crossing the channel in January collapsed by more than two-thirds compared with the previous year. Some producers of fish, shellfish, meat, and dairy have been cut off from markets in Europe, and that may translate it into a plunge in sales. Well, you know what? You fucking made it work like, you know, 20 years ago, so figure it out. They'll figure it out. This is just growing pains. Okay, why don't we go to the coronavirus update? Let's do a world update. It's been a little while since we did one of those. And worldwide... We have 108,942,884 confirmed cases of the coronavirus. Worldwide, that is 2,400,583 deaths. Now, recovering from the coronavirus, more than 80 million. The count that have coronavirus and recovered is 80,964,288. And again, as you heard last week, I am one of them as I supposedly had the coronavirus, but never had a single symptom, never would have even known. And one more time, when you have a fucking tan like this, that is a color not seen in nature, the glorious golden bronze skin, the coronavirus had no access to it. I mean, it landed on me, it stuck around allegedly, and fucking could not penetrate the golden bronze armor nor could it penetrate the steely eight-pack with the rippling ab veins, you guys. And that's why you got to stay on top of your diet and your exercise. I'm going to say it a hundred times until you fucking start listening to me. That's it. Now, what about the United States? We've got a total reported case count of 27.5 million. 
That is a minus 38% in the 14-day change. Again, we're looking at a steep drop-off in cases. As far as deaths in the United States, 481,640. That is a minus 19% in the 14-day change. And hospitalized, the, the hospitalizations are minus 28% in the 14-day change as well. Uh, let's see, on Thursday... That was the uh, last day we had, I'm sorry, yesterday, Friday, the U.S. case count, new cases, was almost 100,000, 99,565 and 5,463 deaths. So there you go. Um, sorry, my, every time I go to the New York, the, the, this one, ta- it's only the maps tab on the New York Times. Every time I go to it, the fucking... It, it just wants to like freeze up on me, and I don't know why, but oh well. So let's uh, keep going to the live updates here. All right. I, hold on. I just, uh, I'm going through here really quick to. Uh, okay. Yeah. It's just, it's weird because like now. I had to like force close my tabs and then it like rearranged everything. So I might skip around a little bit, you guys, because as you know, we don't stop here. Let's go, we're just going to keep going. Let's go to the live updates page and see what the latest on the uh, coronavirus update is as I just scroll down here. The variant first detected in Britain, they say, is most likely deadlier than the original virus. Oh, that's fucking great. This is in a new document. They say it's likely. This new variant is known as B117. And the British government posted this document on a government website on Friday and said that it had been considered at a meeting of government advisors the day before. Now, this UK variant, let's call it that, is known to be in 82 countries. And they think it is spreading rapidly in the United States, roughly doubling every 10 days. U.S. authorities claim that it will be the dominant version of the virus in the U.S. by March. Now, how about the vaccines, and how's that going? Well, it's gathering speed in the U.S. Of course, we continue to encounter difficulties, delays, and confusions. Oh, by the way, uh, I have, as I put out on social media, I did receive my second Moderna vaccine. As you guys know, you take two shots, and they're about a month apart, and uh, luckily... I had, again, no symptoms of any kind. I, I had gotten a lot of messages from people saying the second shot is what made them really feel like shit. Um, I didn't really feel anything. Again, let's go back to the fucking jacked and tan lifestyle. And uh, I don't know if that made a difference. It certainly doesn't hurt. You know what I'm saying? So keep in mind, I know some of you had a rough time with it on the second one, but luckily I did not. Uh, but uh, more about the vaccines. The Food and Drug Administration has told the drug maker Moderna that they could put four additional doses of the vaccine into each vial, so that could increase the nation's vaccine supply by as much as 20%. Now, the average number of shots administered daily has been increasing steadily since late December. The CDC reported more than 2 million new vaccinations, bringing this latest seven-day average to about 1.66 million per day. About 35.8 million people have received at least one dose of a COVID-19 vaccine, and about 12.1 million people, well, partially include that previous mentioned 35.8, 
have also received the second dose. Sorry, that was worded a little awkwardly. I hope that was clear. Uh, the Biden administration announced that it has secured enough vaccine doses to inoculate every American adult with 200 million more doses of vaccine lined up by the end of the summer. <laughs> I think they're going to have, you know what? I think they're going to have a lot of vaccine sitting on the shelf. Honestly, I know a shitload of people who won't take it. You know, they're in their twenties and they just, they're like, I don't fucking need this. And I kind of don't blame them. Uh, let's see what else. Moderna's move, I mentioned how they wanted to put more vaccine into its vials. Well, that's still not a done deal. Federal officials want them to submit more data showing that the switch would not compromise vaccine quality. Okay, I don't know. So right now, they're allowed to put 10 doses in each vial, and they want to do 14 doses in each vial. Not sure how that would affect quality just by adding more, but then again, I'm not... uh, Fucking epidemiologist or a scientist does vaccines, so I don't know. Uh, We are, of course, trying to race to do this before the new, more contagious virus variants become dominant. Uh, On Friday, France's health top authority said that one dose of vaccine rather than two would be sufficient for most people who have recovered from COVID-19. They appear to be the first nation to make that determination. I still want to get that antibody test to see if I actually had it. As far as traveling, the Center for Disease Control said on Friday that they were not asking airlines to require COVID-19 tests for passengers on domestic flights. That was a policy that had been floated by President Biden's transportation secretary, but criticized as too onerous by airline executives, union officials, and elected Officials. Now, proof of a negative test result is already required for passengers boarding international flights bound for the United States under a policy the CDC imposed last month. Who is the transportation secretary? Is that dopey fucking uh, Pete Buttigieg, old gay mayor Pete? Oh, yeah, it is him. He's such a fucking goof. He's like, it's like they all, they all, it's all the same mold of guy. Have you noticed that now? It's Garcetti, it's Newsom, it's Buttigieg, it's fucking Mayor Fry, the hapless Minneapolis mayor. They're all the same fucking soy boy now. That's who goes into politics. There's no fucking men in politics anymore. You know, who the, who wants to go into that? You have to be like the, one of these weasel fucking woke losers who never accomplished anything in your uh, private life. That's That's what politics is. It's the last bastion of these fucking cucks. It really is, you guys. I mean, I hate to throw the the stereotypical term like, but there's there is literally no better term than soy boy. It just when I look at Eric Garcetti and Gavin Newsom, that's all I fucking think about. I can't help it. I'm sorry. I'm not a perfect man. Uh, what else in news? The governor of Montana lifted the state's mask mandate this week. He cited the arrival of COVID-19 vaccines. That would be Governor Greg Gianfort. I'm not sure how to pronounce his last name. It's G-I-A-N-F-O-R-T. The only thing I know about him is he's the guy who beat up the reporter. You remember that? When he was like a con- he was like a congressman or something like that, and it was all caught on video. I played the audio at the time. It was fantastic. I don't contone physically assaulting journalists. I need to say that right now. However, if it does happen to happen, I probably will laugh about it. 
He just it wasn't harmless. He like pushed him or something, broke his glasses or some shit. He later apologized. He is the state's first Republican governor in 16 years. Yeah, they, Montana was weird. They always had those like uh, conservative Democrats. But of course, to be viable in the National Democratic Party these days, you cannot. There's no such thing as a conservative Democrat anymore. Uh, anything else in our live updates page? Oh, you gotta love the New York Times. Here we go. Ready for this headline? Republicans seize on shuttered schools as a political rallying cry. I fucking love that. I love how the story is the Republicans acting on something and not the Democrats actually doing the action. You know what I'm saying? No, it, the story is how the Republicans are seizing or the Republicans are pouncing. It's a joke. And the school thing is a big fucking deal. We're going to get to that more in a moment. Um, but uh, yeah, people are starting asking and they should be pushing this. People are like, yo, it's been a fucking year. When are our kids going back to school? And the teachers unions appear to be basically they don't want to go back. It's like, well, how come the guy can fucking go bag groceries, but you can't teach in a classroom that's heavily sanitized, working around children that are not really known to spread the virus? We've had schools open for in other states for a long, long time now. They're not open in California. It's a valid fucking question. Let's talk about Republicans seizing. It's a joke. And how about this? Chinese scientists refusing to share raw data that might bring the world closer to understanding the origins of the coronavirus pandemic. That was according to independent investigators for the World Health Organizations. They recently returned from a fact-finding trip to the Chinese city of Wuhan, and they said that disagreements over patient records and other issues were so tense that they sometimes erupted into shouting among the typically mild-mannered scientists on both sides. <clears throat> Clear my throat there, you guys. But China is uh, resisting really revealing any of this information. So for 27 days in January and February, the team of 14 experts for the World Health Organization led this mission to trace the origins of the pandemic. And several of them said their Chinese counterparts were frustrated by the team's persistent questioning and demands for data. Oh, I'm fucking sorry. We only have two million people dead because you fucking ate a bat. I'm sorry if we want to know about it, China. I don't know if it was because they ate a bat or not, <laughs> but I still love that story. Or it was released in a lab. Regardless. Regardless of where it came from, we should probably figure it out. You know, God forbid. I don't want to live like this anymore. I don't want to go through this again next year. Or the next time some fucking Chinese person in Wuhan decides to eat some wacky fucking animal. Or however it happened. Or some Chinese scientist doesn't wash his hands well enough and he walks out of a lab with a fucking deadly virus on his hands. And it proceeds to fucking ravage the globe. God. Fucking call. Oh, you're asking too many questions. You make me feel really uncomfortable. Fucking Chinese scientists. You fucking have... You're lucky we don't just fucking march the troops in there. Honestly, at this point, I'm sick of them. Sick of the Chinese fucking scientists. Oh, you're asking too many questions. You want too much data. Too fucking bad. You should be in the gulag, frankly, and being interrogated. All right. Yeah, fucking that got me going, you guys. Horrible.
Oh, and meanwhile, I touched on this a little bit last week. The grocery store workers, yeah, they still want to... The local governments are still stupidly trying this thing where they want to give them hazard pay. It's a nice thought, but grocery store margins are razor thin and you're looking to increase pay by like 30 to 40%. It's not going to fucking work. And the store owners, the people who actually have the books, are like, well, we're just going to shut the store down if you do this. And you'll have no income, grocery store worker. Yeah, after Long Beach, California mandated hazard pay for grocery workers, the giant uh, grocery chain Kroger responded by saying it would close two locations in Long Beach. So there you go. Yeah, that's it. I don't know what to tell you. You know what? If you you have to at a certain point, and uh, I'm happy the grocery store workers are working, and we all need that's great. And if it turns into where people are willing to pay much more money for their groceries to give them a raise, that would be great as well. But until that happens, I suggest you organize your life so you don't maintain a grocery store worker pay and you have to depend on that your entire life. All right? You know, that's like a job for when you're young and starting off. I worked in a grocery store. It was my first job, bagging groceries at 16 years old. Uh, I'm not still fucking bagging groceries in my 40s and expecting to raise a family on that salary like these fucking dopes are. Uh, Yeah, so good for them. Hope it works out. What else on the coronavirus? Well, I talked a little bit about the Chinese refusing to hand over data. I have a whole other article about this. But uh, yeah, we basically kind of went over that. Uh, Ron DeSantis, the governor of Florida, who's rapidly becoming one of my favorite guys, he is uh, lashing out at the Biden administration. Oh, and by the way, the many of you guys who sent me uh, the story about Ron DeSantis telling the Biden administration to go fuck himself, there's no indications that that's true at all. It's fake news. I looked into it, and uh, nothing turned up on the Google other than fake news site after fake news site. So almost assuredly, if that had actually happened, it would be on CNN 24 hours a day and definitely in the New York Times. So guys, come on, use your fucking Google a little bit. I went, I thought I went over this last week when I asked you to do a little bit of due diligence before sending me a good story. And I want you to send me the stories. Don't get me wrong. But guys, I've had to debunk so many fake news stories that you guys have sent me. I mean, like really, dude, you're going to send me a story where it's like, um, I don't know. Arkansas man claims alien performed rectal probe on him and now removed his appendix. And you think that's an actual real news story? I mean, come on. Do a little Googling. And I want you to send me the stories. I'm just asking. Google it first. If it's a legit story, there will be several legit media outlets doing it. And by legit media, I mean local TV, local news. Those are legit media. And if it's something you never heard of, if the source is something you never fucking heard of, it's probably fake. You know? If it's like, you know, the AmericanGuardian.com, you know? I don't know what the, f- what is, what the fuck is that? Use your heads a little, guys. Now, Ron DeSantis did lash out the Biden administration because this was in response to a story that quoted an unnamed White House official saying the administration was considering imposing domestic travel restrictions, including on Florida... And he then called those travel restrictions absurd. And here you go. It's exactly right. 
Ron DeSantis said it would be ridiculous to impose curbs on domestic travel while relaxing restrictions on the U.S.-Mexico border. Yeah, there you go. Notice how none of the stupid journalists push back on that. And I have much more on the border later. California now has the most COVID-19 deaths in the entire nation. Uh, so we have the most cases in the country by far. We have more than 3.4 million cases in the entire country. Now, as far as death rate, that's adjusted by population. We still have a lower death rate than 31 other states at 114 deaths per 100,000 people. But as far as raw numbers, as far as the most people, uh, we have more than 44,900 people who have died from coronavirus in California. The ongoing school pandemic, as I said, is taking its toll. A 12-year-old Texas boy hanged himself three days before his 13th birthday. Uh, it's very sad. This is broke, broke on the New York Post. And they said this was because he didn't know how to deal with the isolation and depression when the disease caused a nationwide shutdown. This is I'm telling you, I've said it from the beginning, this is destroying an entire generation of children. So these teachers unions, fuck them, okay? Hey, I got an idea. If you don't want to go work and do your job, then fucking quit. Then you can quit. Go bag groceries then or some shit. I don't give a shit. Quit your job. We'll find somebody else to replace you. What else? Well, it's funny, too, because the CDC has new school guidelines. So if, you, if you're if you advocating staying out of school and keeping the schools closed down still, you're anti-science. You're a science denier. Isn't that what they always say? That's right. They said, with proper mitigation, such as masking, physical distancing, and hygiene, elementary schools can operate in person at any level of community virus transmission. In other words, the elementary schools can op open right now, and they should have been open months and months ago. Now, they do say that middle and high schools can safely operate in person at all but the highest level of transmission. What is the highest level of transmission? Well, that is defined in two ways. One way is when 10% or more of the coronavirus tests in a community come back positive over a seven-day period, or... The second way, when there are 100 or more virus cases per 100,000 people in the community over seven days. Okay, you got that? These are recommendations. So basically, just very generally speaking, the CDC says it is safe to open schools up to the high school level for everybody. That's what they're saying. And these are just recommendations. The school districts are not required to adopt them which is unfortunate because the school districts are heavily controlled, as are the politicians by the teachers' union. I know here in California, the most powerful union in the state, you know, you think union? I know a lot of you guys have this old-timey vision of a union guy in your head. You know, you think it's like some blue-collar guy, right? Electrician union or something like that, or dudes hanging drywall or building like skyscrapers. That's, what, that's the image you conjure in your head of a union guy, right? The most powerful union in the state of California by far is the California's Teachers Union. By far. It's not even close. They give by far the most money to politicians. And basically, if they don't endorse you, you don't have a shot in hell of winning an election in the state of California. 
So that's the big problem we've always had. And then, of course, famously this week, Governor Andrew Cuomo, he's on the hot seat. And they're saying he has covered up the scope of the coronavirus death toll in New York's nursing homes after a top aide to the governor admitted that the state had withheld data because it feared an investigation by the Trump Justice Department. You fucking believe this guy? And he wrote a book and won an Emmy. You fucking believe? Or is nominated for an Emmy. Did he win an Emmy? I don't remember. Who watches fucking... If you watch an award show, you're honestly a fucking loser. Okay, I'm just going to come out and say it. Those fucking simple people with their simple uh, outlooks on life, their lack of any critical thinking or brains, these celebrities, they all make me want to barf, frankly. But yeah, old Governor Cuomo. Oh boy, the woke fucking people on Twitter loved him all last year, didn't they? And it turns out he was full of shit the entire time. The remarks by this top aide, she was named Melissa DeRosa, were made in what was supposed to be a private conference call with Democratic lawmakers. And remember, Cuomo, when he decided to put people back into nursing homes, that led to more than 13,000 people dying. So now lawmakers from both parties, it's not just the wacky Republicans, have called for stripping the governor of the emergency powers he has exercised during the pandemic. And remember, this all came on as fucking Andrew Cuomo was allowed to go on CNN every night with his fucking dopey brother, Chris Fredo Cuomo, and do their little fucking stand-up comedy routine. And everybody thought that was just so hilarious, including all the fucking blue-check journalists on Twitter. They thought that was the greatest thing ever. And... Of course, his brother's not going to ask him any tough questions, and they turned it into this, like, nightly skit. It's fucking nauseating. So, DeRosa, the aide, said she was asked about ongoing delays in giving lawmakers nursing home death data. She said that after the Department of Justice requested information last summer, quote, basically, we froze. We were in a position where we weren't sure if what we were going to give the Department of Justice or what we give to you guys and what we were saying was going to be used against us and we weren't sure if there was going to be an investigation, end quote. Now, the DOJ never did formally open an investigation. But yeah, now people are asking. And everybody wants to know, what the fuck? And even two weeks ago, the state's attorney general, Leticia James, she's the big ally. She's a big lib. And even she said in a damning report that the Cuomo administration undercounted coronavirus-related deaths connected to nursing homes by the thousands. So now Democrats in both the state Senate and Assembly met on Friday to discuss whether the legislature should curtail the emergency powers they have given to the governor to allow him to set virus-related restrictions. And, by the way, gave him full control over the vaccine rollout. They're not going to do shit. They'll, they'll fucking, they're all cowards at the end of the day. None of them want to go on the record because then you're an enemy of the Cuomo family in New York, and apparently that's a big fucking deal. Yep. Cuomo has not commented on the remarks so far. But, you know, in a real fucking media, this would be a huge fucking deal. This is, this is something you should be impeached over. Unreal, man.
And we're right. What else? Do I have anything? Oh, uh, you know, and and just to remind you, and I did want to play this clip. I do have a a compilation of the media sucking off uh, Cuomo all of last year. Let's listen to a little bit of that. It. Across the country, there are responsible leaders who are stepping up. One of them provided clear direction and memorable powerpoints. New York's Governor Andrew Cuomo. I heard though that you <laughs> had a crush on our boyfriend Andrew Cuomo. Dude, everyone does, right? I think he's fantastic. You know Cuomo. Jimmy Kimmel. He even had a 70% approval rating in in April with Republicans. Why? Because he was leading. Even lifelong Republicans tell me, they look at Cuomo and they're like, God, there's a leader. Governor Cuomo, who (laughs) has been a leader in calling for a science-based uh, ways to fight this coronavirus. The Academy says that he's being recognized for, quote, his leadership during the COVID pandemic and his masterful use of television to inform and calm people around this world. Tonight, <laughs> what we can see from Democrats, especially someone like Andrew Cuomo, is a really pointed prosecution of President Trump's handling of the virus. I, I commend uh, you know Governor Cuomo in taking some of these steps that they already have in limiting capacity. I mean, I'm so turned on by him. I'm so turned on by the leadership. I have feelings for Andrew Cuomo. I, I wrote a piece about it. Having heard you day after day after day yeah, at nobody your press read conferences, your piece. I, I have to wonder what it's like to be in your shoes with the weight of this responsibility and just the sheer exhaustion you must be feeling right now. We're lucky now to be joined by Governor Cuomo. Governor Cuomo is joining us now. His new book, by the way, is entitled American Crisis Leader leadership lessons from the COVID-19 <laughs> pandemic. I hope you are able to appreciate what you did in your state and what it means for the rest of the country now. I'm wowed by what you did. And more importantly, I'm wowed by how you did it. Here's Fredo. So you just do what's right. I did what was right. I'm comfortable with what I did. I think the facts bear it out. I think the numbers bear it out. I think we saved tens of thousands of lives. But I did Whoops. what was right. Okay, yeah, that last one was his fucking stupid brother. Who, by the way, uh, my police sources in New York have assured me was quite the wild man and saved more than one time by the New York State Police from drug possession and DUI. That's right. Oh, and finally, just to finish up our coronavirus segment, yes, many of you did this send this to me. The Iranian cleric is claiming that the COVID-19 vaccine does turn people homosexual. So I'll be looking out for that, you guys, if I feel sudden strange urges running through my body when I see another fellow ab vein possessing jacked and tanned individual if i have strange feelings running into my loins uh then i will know that the vaccine did in fact have some undesired effects on me so i will let you know is that all i got yes it is okay thank god let's move on all right what else well um i do want to go on to a couple other things. Uh, how about a couple? Uh, let's talk a couple big cat stories. Big cats, very high on the animal hierarchy. Well, one thing is a cougar, the animal kind, not the mature female kind, has tested positive for the coronavirus. The first such instance in the United States, and a tiger at the same Texas facility that exhibits wild animals also tested positive. Several cats at the facility began coughing and wheezing, so they took samples um, for testing. And the National Veterinary Services Laboratory did confirm the infection in the two cats. 
Uh, so wh- why don't you have the name of the facility in the first paragraph? How many times do I have to go over this? Who, what, when, where, why, how? It's not that hard. This is why you, all you journalists are being replaced by artificial intelligence. They don't even say the name of the place. They just say it's in Texas. Hmm. Okay. All right. All right. I'll forgive you, James Gorman, because they do say the Department of Agriculture, who announced this, they did not name the facility. They just said a Texas facility. They didn't say the name of it. Okay. I take back what I said. But my point about naming the things in the five, in the first paragraph does stand. Uh, several tigers in the United States have caught the virus. This was the first report of a cougar. Along with tigers, we also had lions, snow leopards, and a lot of domestic cats. Luckily, animals have mild symptoms and are expected to recover. Some other animals that have caught the coronavirus, uh, dogs, gorillas, both extremely high on the animal hierarchy, and minks, M-I-N-K, not so much. Farmed mink infected with the virus have passed it to humans in some cases. Remember, that caused Denmark to cull its entire farmed mink population. That was about, They had about 17 million fucking animals that they killed because they were worried about it transmitting to some guy. Seems a little bit of an overreaction. Now, continuing our big cat beat, a zookeeper has been killed after two critically endangered Sumatran tigers escaped from a zoo on Borneo Island. Um, this was a; these were t- both female tigers, both aged about 18 months, and they escaped the Sinka Zoo after a landslide caused by days of torrential rain. Now, one of the animals has since been captured after it was hit with a tranquilizer dart. Mm. Sadly, the other tiger was shot dead after it behaved aggressively and attempts to tranquilize it did fail. So just fucking let it go. 47-year-old zookeeper was found dead close to the tiger's enclosure after the animals escaped. He had bite wounds and scratches on his body. God, he was probably mauled to pieces, dude. Yeah, that's... uh. Too bad, but uh, tigers, I, I, I really do really want big cats introduced into the wild throughout all of America and all our cities. I think that would that would make life a lot more exciting, you know, if you had to like walk down the beach and just be wary for the tigers hidden behind the sand dunes and stuff like that. I, I really am for that. All right, let's go to France. Here's an update. Remember the French incest story from a few weeks ago? Well, the director of a prestigious French political science university has resigned this week, weeks after accusations of incest involving one of the school's most prominent figures had raised suspicions about who might have known about the allegations and kept silence. So this was Frédéric Mion. He had been the director of the university since 2013. This university's name is Sciences Po. And he had been under increasing pressure from students to step down. After it became clear that he had taken no action against Olivier Duhamel, that is the longtime professor who also headed the governing board overseeing this university, despite knowing of the accusations against him. Just 
a review of the facts, Duhamel was the well-known 70-year-old intellectual who was accused by his stepdaughter, Camille Kushner, of having abused her twin brother starting when the brother was 14 years old. Now, Duhamel has since resigned from all the positions he held. And the Paris Prosecution Office has quickly announced that it was opening an investigation into allegations of rape of a minor and sexual aggression. So, yeah, now the fallout is much like the Me Too era. Who knew what, when, and uh, why didn't they say anything about it at the time? Continuing in France, a French mayor has opened the museums in his town defying coronavirus orders. That's right. It's my hero. In the city of Perpignan, I don't know, probably horrible pronouns, P-E-R-P-I-G-N-A-N. It's a city in southern France. And their mayor is a guy named Louis Alliot. He is a member of the, the New York Times has to point this out, the far-right political party, the National Rally. And uh, he became an unlikely champion of culture when he defied the national government and passed a decree allowing the city's four museums to welcome visitors for the first time in over three months. That's right. There's no fucking reason you can't go if it's socially distanced and they cleaned regularly. There's no fucking reason you can't go to a museum. None. And hey, guess what? If you're a fucking, if you're paranoid and you want to stay home, then fucking stay home. Stop fucking acting like just because you're a fucking paranoid of everything, then the whole world has to fucking live by your paranoid standards. I'm so sick of seeing the journalists and shit, especially on Twitter, whether it's a school opening, whether it's a museum opening, and then they just sit there and bitch. Well, then you fucking stay home. What is it with the media? Why can't they have one journalist that is different? I know I raised railed against this earlier, but I, seriously, you guys, Twitter is the main journalist tool. That's where all of them are. That's where they all spout off their dumbo ideas. And they're all exactly the same. You can't find one with an original or interesting idea. You can't find one who will push back on stupid COVID restrictions because they're terrified of the groupthink. But yeah, this Aliot said, uh, you know what? This town has suffered enough. And the mu- he went on to say the museums are following safety protocols, admitting one person per 100 square feet, which, by the way, is the same standard as most retail stores. And you have to wear a mask. And he said, quote, don't come and tell me it is more dangerous to go to a museum than to a supermarket. Huh? End quote. And he's exactly right. And he sounds just like that, by the way. Uh, and it's funny because then they then the New York Times points out many at France's cultural institutions agree it is time for museums to reopen even if they disagree with his action. So they're they're too chicken shit to agree with the action even though a, they agree that museums should be open. You see how chicken shit everybody is to go against the fucking uh, official diktat? Fucking bullshit. Just stop being such a coward. Just say, yeah, I disagree with you. Or, yeah, I agree with you. Stop being such a bitch. And that goes for all the military meme accounts on Instagram, too. I see a lot of talking. I see a lot of jibber-jabbering from a lot of fucking military meme accounts, right? Talking a lot of shit. And don't get me wrong. I love the military meme accounts. I love, I'm love. i not going to name any names. I do love them. They're funny. 
But they talk a lot of shit for basically every single one of them being anonymous people on the internet. And it is also doubly suspicious when, by the way, a couple of huge military meme accounts on IG have recently been outed as being run by frauds, guys who were never in the military. So, you know what? I'm not really interested in hearing your shit talking if you can't put your fucking name and face out there, you know? Stop being a little bitch. I'm fucking out there. I got nothing to hide. I'm the only one doing this, you guys. No no other veteran of the podcast has opinions and strong opinions and stands by him. Nobody else does it. Nobody has the sack to do it other than me. No, they'll all be like very uh, equivocal. No, every they're all like, oh, well, on one hand this and one hand that. I don't know. I mean, whatever you think. Nobody fucking does a show like this, you guys. Come on, give it up. I don't know how I got on that topic. <laughs> okay, so. Okay, so that's the France Museums. Good. Museums are a very part of human culture. I'm all about intellectualism. I, being an intellectual myself, and I love the fine arts, and I love museums, and if you want to go to a museum, you should definitely be allowed to go to a museum. We're fucking one year into this. It's absurd. And like the guy said, a grocery store can be open, but not a fucking museum. In a museum, you're not even really touching anything. In a grocery store, people are touching shit, putting it back on the shelves. So give me a break. And then uh, I alluded to this earlier about the woke American ideas and France is rejecting them. President Emmanuel Macron said, quote, certain social science theories entirely imported from the United States, end quote. And yes, they are warning And this includes French politicians, high-profile intellectuals, and journalists. Oh, my God. French journalists. They are warning that progressive American ideas, specifically on race, gender, and post-colonialism, are undermining French society. Macron's education minister warned, there's a battle to wage against an intellectual matrix from American universities, end quote. And prominent intellectuals are now banding together in France against what they regard as contamination by the out-of-control, woke leftism of American campuses and its cancel culture. I can't, I can't fucking believe this. It took French intellectuals and journalists, you guys, to say no more. That's a phrase I never thought I'd say out loud in my life. And this was an article reprinted in the, from an article printed in the New York Times. The wokest of the woke. Oh, that's so good. About fucking time, dude. The new director of the Paris Opera, for example, he said on Monday he badly wants to diversify its staff. He was attacked by the French newspaper Le Monde. Um, because, and Le Monde is, you know, far left as anybody else, but they don't like this, but he was attacked... Because even though this director of the Paris Opera is a German guy, he had worked in Toronto and, according to Le Monde, had, quote, soaked up American culture for 10 years, unquote. You see? The French think we're fucking pathetic. Wow. The publication this month of a book critical of racial studies by two veteran social scientists in France uh, has received extensive news coverage. 
One of the authors said that race had become a bulldozer, crushing other subjects, that its academic research in French was questionable because race is not recognized by the government and merely subjective data. Yeah, that's right. And France has a big, uh, you know, they're they're leftists, right? But they also have a big national identity. They're, you know, you're French, you're French. You know, we don't really, that's become something to be ashamed of in America. And French intellectuals hold a lot of pull in their society still. And this is being played out increasingly in the media. And politicians are starting to weigh in uh, more and more and more. It's funny. Some lawmakers are actually pressing for parliamentary investigations into ideological excesses at universities and singled out fucking far left scholars on Twitter. Oh, God, this is I'm serious. I'm getting fucking fully aroused reading this article. Why can't why is you notice how the flaccid Republicans in America can't do this? And yes, that's the right pronunciation of flaccid. How come the conservative movement in America can't do this? Fucking pussies. Like I said, with the military meme accounts, they're all just pussies. Everybody's afraid. I don't know exactly what they're... What are you afraid of? Afraid of losing your job? Maybe. You're not. I'm assuming you're not afraid of the far-left soy boys, are you? I mean, come on. Are you afraid somebody's going to say something mean to you on social media? Oh, that's cute. Pathetic. That's why... You guys, if you support ideas like this and you support voices like mine, you should go to Patreon because luckily I don't have a journalist fucking woke boss that I have to report to. My only boss is all of you guys. And that's what's great about Patreon. It allows me to have these frank discussions with you every week. And the Patreon allows me to make it financially feasible to do so. So please go to Patreon and look for BK Actual. Uh, let's see. Many of the leading thinkers behind theories on gender, race, post-colonialism, and queer theory come from France. That's funny. So yeah, they're, they're almost at war with itself. You know, France, um, they do not compile racial statistics. It's illegal. They describe that as part of its commitment to universalism and treating all citizens equally under the law. So they refuse to collect uh, statistics. They say, well, you're a friend, you're, you're a citizen, you're not a citizen. It doesn't matter if you're a black citizen, a white citizen, whatever. Uh, great article here. Um, I'm just going to uh, kind of uh, leave it there. I, I could easily do the whole article here. A lot of this comes from the Islamic terror attacks too. So go read the whole article. If you want to Google the headline, it's, quote, Will American Ideas Tear France Apart? Some of its leaders think so, end quote. Excellent stuff. All right, let's do a little, um, well, let's talk about the stupid impeachment here really quick and just get it over with. Uh, Go on the live updates page. Yeah, shocking. Oh, here we go. Shockingly enough, you guys, as as I told you, and this would be like a fucking whole waste of time, Trump has been acquitted by the Senate. No fucking way. Remember I told you that like two weeks ago? And I was, this this is all theater and a stupid waste of time while the pandemic is going on and the schools are shut and the fucking businesses are shut and this is what they're focused on? Yeah. U.S. Senate has voted 57 to 43 to acquit Donald J. Trump in his second impeachment trial. There you go. 
but seven Republicans voted with all 50 Democrats to convict, the most bipartisan support for conviction in any of the four impeachments in U.S. histories. Yeah, they wanted to have the journalists say nice things about them. Uh, let's see. The final tally fell far short of the two-thirds majority needed to convict him. And just remember, you guys, one of the few people telling you the outcome weeks ago was me and correctly telling you the outcome, while everybody else in the stupid media was like treating it like, oh, will they acquit? We don't know. It's a mystery. We'll have to see the evidence. Yeah. Minutes after the verdict was announced, Trump did send out a statement thanking his legal team and decrying the, quote, witch hunt, end quote, which he says is being waged upon him by his enemies. There you go. So it's all gone. And this uh, comes after um, a surprise twist this morning. The House managers made an abrupt demand to hear from witnesses who could testify to what Trump was doing and saying during the rampage. The Senate voted to allow it. But then... His defense lawyers were like, okay, you want to do that? Well, then we're going to call like 300 fucking witnesses. And then they decided, well, this could go on for like weeks and weeks and weeks. So they dropped it. They reversed it. And they look like fucking morons for doing it. So that's it. All done. Do I have a final tally? of? I want to know who the Republicans were who uh, did this. Sorry, bear with me here. I'm just skipping around tabs here. How senators voted. Let's try that one. Here we go. So every Democratic senator voted to convict, obviously. As far as Republicans who voted to convict, Republican Richard Burr from North Carolina voted to convict. Bill Cassidy from Louisiana voted to convict. Susan Collins from Maine voted to convict. Um, and then Lisa Murkowski, Alaska. Mitt Romney from Utah Ben Sassy from Nebraska, and Patrick Toomey from Pennsylvania. Those were the seven senators who voted to convict. And it was funny, because remember, this was all over incitement. And uh, one of Tr Trump's lawyers, I have a few clips here, he played in a compilation of Democratic politicians using the word fight as well. Because remember Trump, the big scandal was at the speech, the rally he had before the riot, he said, hey, we got to fight like hell. So they played this compilation. I'll play a little bit of it here. You'll hear you'll people talking about fighting. Every single day. One, I, I'm a fighter and I'm relentless. But I'm a fighter and I'm relentless. A fighter and I'm relentless. I will fight like hell. But the way I see it now is that we pick ourselves up and we fight back. That's what I think it's all about. We stand up and we fight back. We do not back down. We do not compromise. Not today, not tomorrow, not ever. You can either lie down, you can you can whimper, you can pull up at a ball, you can decide this to move Elizabeth to Canada, Warren, by the or way. you can stand your ground and fight back. And and that's what it's about. We, we do fight back, but we are going to fight back. We are not <laughs> turning this country over to what Donald Trump has sold. We are just not. Look, people are upset and they're right to be upset. Now we can whimper, Still we Elizabeth can whine, or we can fight back. Me, I'm here to fight back. Yeah, fight. I'm here to fight back because we will not forget. <clears throat> we do not want to forget. We will use that vision 
to make sure that we fight harder, we fight tougher, and we fight more passionately for than ever. We still have a fight on our hands. Fight hard for the still changes Elizabeth Warren. Americans are demanding. Get in the fight, to winning the fight. Fight, <laughs> fighting, please, fighting. We use every tool possible to fight for this change. We'll fight, we'll fight, to fight fighting hard. Seriously, <laughs> we fight back. Still Elizabeth Warren. Fight. I am fighting, I am fighting, get in this fight. Get in this okay, I'm just going to stop it there, but that video goes on for fucking almost 10 minutes, if you can believe it. It's just, it's just funny shit. Uh, let's see, what else do I have here? I just want to skip around a little bit about the... Because um, I had a few various clips on impeachment stuff. Here's another super cut of um, Democrats just yammering about the the fighting Democrats and stuff. We're going to fight like hell to make this a reality. Americans who took to the streets this week have demanded change. With this legislation, Democrats are heeding their calls. I want the people of Pennsylvania, the people all across this country to know that we are going to fight like hell to protect your vote, to secure your vote, and to make sure that your vote is counted. How confident are you that Kentuckians are going to have the ability to vote freely uh, in November? Well, I'll tell you, I'm confident that we're going to fight like hell to make sure they can. We are going to fight like hell to make sure that everyone who wants to vote can exercise that right to vote. This election is coming, whether the president wants it or not, and we're going to fight like hell in Congress to make sure that the mail still works. Today, Biden's VP Kamala Harris <laughs> the fucking mail. Remember that? The post office? It is time to, quote, fight like hell to protect the Supreme Court following yeah. the passing of okay. late Justice Ginsburg. Yeah. That legacy of rights needs to be continued. I'm going to fight like hell. Yeah, they're all going to fight. Okay, I'm just going to stop. You get the idea. They're all going to fight like hell, fight like hell. And now, as far as impeachment, guys, they wanted to com they wanted to impeach him since before he took office. I have yet another compilation, and this is the media talking about being impeaching Donald Trump, right? And the compilation literally starts in 2016. So I'm just going to play a little bit of this. Here we go. That could be seen as an impeachable offense. If Trump were caught on a video camera snorting cocaine in the White House, maybe with one of his children, there was at least a chance he'd be impeached. If he's not a legitimately elected president in your mind, there are tools that Congress has. I don't see how that wouldn't be an <laughs> January of 2017 that was, that when he first took office. The Republican definition of an impeachable offense. Impeachment is very difficult. Grounds for impeachment. It's an impeachable offense. Perhaps impeachable offense. Is impeachment the appropriate remedy? Something for the Congress like impeachment. All of that may be impeachable. Well, that's an impeachable offense. Is that an impeachable offense? Is that an impeachable offense to you? He's much more vulnerable to impeachment. Ingredient of impeachment. An impeachable offense. It is grounds for impeachment. 2018. Impeachable grounds for impeachment, or does that not go far enough? Grounds for impeachment. This tweet alone may be an impeachable offense. Let's talk about impeachment. <laughs> impeachment is on the table. Impeachable. Impeachable. Uh, impeachable. Impeachable. If that's not impeachable, the president shall be removed from office on impeachment. Is impeachable. Guilty of high crimes and misdemeanors. Grounds for impeachment. Tipping point. Talk of impeachment. The answer well, is impeachment. Calls for his impeachment come every day. Trump has been impeached. <laughs> president Trump's impeachment trial begins. Majorities voted to acquit President Trump. This trial was a sham. He repeated 
that impeachable offense. It is hard to imagine a president being impeached twice. But if Donald Trump withholds money... It may lead to a second impeachment. Is there perhaps an appetite for another impeachment inquiry? Is oh, that yeah. an impeachable offense, what he's doing at the post office? The House could move to impeach. <laughs> Impeachment-level corruption. I can't get over that. Like, well, we don't need to impeach him because we've got an election, but now you don't want to believe the election. I accuse them of this high crime tonight. Thank <laughs> you, Fredo. Okay, God, get, get him out of here. That's all. That's all I got for you on it. Oh, fucking comedy. And as I told you weeks ago, I already know the think pieces are coming out. I, here's, what, here's what I told you weeks ago. I said they're going to have massive theater of Democrats emoting uh, on the House floor and the Senate floor, making their speeches. And uh, it's going to be a, a media obsession. And they're going to treat it like it was the outcome is in doubt somehow. He will be easily acquitted. And I told you all that. And But then I also finished by saying, and now we're going to be subjected to weeks and weeks of roundtables and the media writing think pieces going, well, what comes now? And basically saying, well, then all violence from here on out is uh, because they didn't impeach, uh, convict Trump on impeachment, stuff like that. And you know those are already being written on Twitter, which I can't look at right now because I'm doing a podcast. But I assure you, they are coming. They're going to be bombarded. And the whole reason behind this, once again is because all of them are losing gigs and money and paychecks because the orange man is not in the White House, and God knows nobody gives a fuck about Joe Biden, and they sure don't want to do any tough questioning on Joe Biden and his wacky policies. So that's what this is all about. All right, so you all caught up on everything? All right, very good. So the impeachment fucking wackiness is all over. Now, let's go to some more fun stuff here. Let's go to our immigration beat. You guys know the uh, the immigration is something we cover heavily here, unlike many other places. Now, let's start with the Biden administration who now want to end the remain in Mexico policy. That's right. Immigrants who are forced by former President Donald Trump to wait in Conditions in Mexico, while they tried to gain asylum, will soon start being allowed to enter the U.S. at certain points as the Biden administration winds down the Remain in Mexico policy, formerly known as the Migration Protocols, I'm sorry, the Migration Protection Protocols, or the MPP. That policy had led tens of thousands of what BuzzFeed calls asylum seekers being forced to stay in Mexico as they waited their day in a U.S. court. Well, you know what? That's fucking your problem. We don't, we're telling you not to come. I don't, it's not sinking in. And you know why it's not sinking in? Because the Biden administration is basically putting out the message that you're all welcome. And indeed, he is now going to allow 25,000 fucking people in while their cases wind through immigration courts, which could take fucking years. That's right. They will be allowed in the U.S. starting on February 19th. They're going to process up to 300 people a day. They declined to publicly identify the three border crossings um, because they fear it may encourage a rush of people. Well, fucking get... You don't think word's going to get out, dummy? Oh, my God. The... Like I told you, hate Trump all you want. His policies did greatly reduce illegal immigration. That's undeniable. That's math. Okay, the number was at this point in 20, 
15, and then it was at this point in 2019. It was a huge decline. And part of it was the tough policies put in place, as well as the message you send. The most important thing is the message you send. The message got back that Trump was an evil orange meanie. That deterred, that alone deters people. But now we got Sleepy Joe, who's ready to fucking slobber over anybody who manages to jump the fence. So yes, the move is going to get back. And as I've gone over extensively throughout the years, once they get in the United States, a court date is months, if not years away, and more than half aren't even going to bother to show up. And that'll be the end of that. But this was part of what he campaigned on, and I covered it extensively. So there you go. And get this. Here's another policy they're going to do. Uh, the Biden administration has ordered immigration officials to stop warning illegal aliens that they might face deportation because it causes, quote, undue stress, end quote. <laughs> oh, my God, dude. And in addition, the new ruling from U.S. Citizen and Immigration Services, they refer to the illegal immigrants as customers. That's right. The order from UC, USCIS arrived in an email, and it said this week that officers are no longer to tell those illegal immigrants called uh, denied immigration benefits, which are called customers again, that they have to return for a court date and likely deportation. That is called a notice to appear. And it reads, quote, this guidance will ensure the agency is not placing undue stress on the customer who believes he or she may or may not receive an NTA based on the information provided in their denial notification, end quote. Guys, it's really simple. Do you think all this will result in more or less illegal immigration? Yeah, that's all you have to know. And guess what? Shockingly enough, when you fucking do all this through your actions, it appears people think you are a big softy, and indeed arrests at the U.S.-Mexico border have increased dramatically. The Border Patrol says now more than 75,000 illegal immigrants were detained in January alone. That's 4,000 in the month before. Sources say the trend is continuing into February. Border arrests have been ticking up for months. And why do you think that is? Do you think it had anything to do with sleepy Joe Biden winning the election after promising to not only let everybody in and not deport anyone, but also provide them massive benefits, including free health care? Think that had anything to do with it? No, oh, this is funny. In this fucking uh, local media article, I don't know what dope wrote this article. I'm not even going to say their name. But this article, it's something called... This is WLTZ. It's one of the local um, local media outlets. I think this is in uh, Texas. And they say, quote, officials blame the uptick on an increase in crime and instability in some countries. While some migrants have what officials call inaccurate perceptions that immigration and border policies are changing, end quote. What do you mean? It sounds like an accurate perception to me. Yep. And again, Biden is also preparing rules to limit ICE arrests and deportations. That's right. 
they remember they wanted to shut down all deportations for 100 days, but that was uh, thrown out by a judge. It's being fought in court right now. And now officers will no longer seek deportations for immigrants convicted of drunken driving and assault, among other things. And they will cease to deep uh, they will cease to pursue deportations of convicted drug criminals, lower level assaulters, fraudsters, and thieves. Isn't that great? Did you, is that what you voted for? Because that's what that's what you voted for. I tried to fucking tell you guys during the election. And all I heard was, oh, BK, he's not abolishing the border. Bo Joe Biden's a moderate BK. Yeah, moderate. He's surrounded by these far-left lunatics. I tried to tell you. Even fucking AMLO, Andres Manuel Lopez Obrador, president of Mexico, he put out uh, a message this week. He said that migrants who believe that doors are open to the United States now that Joe Biden is president are wrong. I don't know why he thinks that. AMLO urged migrants not to believe traffickers who tell them they could get legal status immediately. And he said, quote, Now, for example, there is a U.S. immigration policy to regularize the situation of migrants, Mexicans, and our Central American brothers. People think that the doors are now open. The President Biden is going to immediately regularize all migrantes. End quote. He said that has not been defined yet. And he did mention that the drug, the human traffickers paint a rosy picture of this. But that's... that's I don't know. The drug traffickers are basically saying what's happening. So, yeah. Well, it was all predictable. And we told you. I got a few clips on here about them asking uh, hapless press secretary Jen Psaki on the border crisis. Let's listen to a few of these. Go ahead in the back. Thank you, Jen. Uh, yesterday you said from the podium that the vast majority of people are being turned away at the border. But that doesn't seem to square away with the reality of what we're seeing, especially the Texas border, where we at Univision are reporting on hundreds of people being not only detained, but released into the interior of the country day in and day out. We've been reporting on this for about two weeks now on the hundreds of people being released right away so where is the disconnect of your messaging catch and release what's actually happening across the border sure well um you know i would certainly refer you to dhs and cbp for specific numbers which they would be more equipped to provide but what i was referring to was the data of how many people versus how many people are coming into the country um and as i mentioned yesterday or the day before it is uh the vast majority are turned away at the border um they what can does that mean turned away on that um and that is not i guess what you're perhaps uh, seeing if you're looking at a portion of the border but what they are tracking in terms of numbers and data uh this is why we um continue to convey that this is not the time to come uh the president <laughs> is committed to putting in you don't convey that partnership with our department you of don't Homeland convey Security, that at all um a a moral and a humane process for processing people at the border but okay that, well, that, 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 that just limited uh, uh right now that goes against uh, what you just and, said um, dummy it means we're just not equipped uh okay to- i can't i can't i guess i gotta stop this dope here so on one hand, she says we're conveying a message not to come. And then in the next breath, she talks about how Joe Biden has vowed to make the illegal immigrant feel humane and uh, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, well, you just contradicted what you just fucking said, you dope. 
doesn't matter. The fucking media doesn't care. They lap this shit up. Um, are you concerned with the release of them? How about this? Migrants being released into the interior. They just get encouraged to come to the U.S., try and cross illegally so that they have the same uh, luck of just being released. Well, of course we're concerned because we don't want people to put themselves at danger at a time where it is uh, not the right time to come uh, because we've not had time to put in place a humane and moral system and process. We want to treat people with care, of course, when they're unaccompanied children. Um, that is a different circumstance. I don't care about your children. One that we Tired handle, of hearing that. Uh, carefully, and those uh, individuals are transferred into HHS care. Uh, but okay, see, all right, let me just stop her again. Again, this is all just diarrhea coming out of her mouth what you would do if you were serious about it is say illegal immigration is a crime and we will deport you if you come here and try to break our laws all passed by the people's houses of congress that say immigrating the u.s without authorization is a crime if we catch you we're going to deport you you're going to waste all of your money paying these coyotes the human traffickers you're going to waste thousands of dollars paying them because nobody travels to the U.S. border through Mexico unless the cartels get a cut. That's a fucking fact, as all of my Border Patrol listeners and ICE listeners and HSI people inform me constantly. You don't get, the, you don't get near the United States border as a migrant unless you're paying the cartels in some way. You just don't. It's a fact of life. So a real administration would be like, don't waste your money because if you spend if you spend five grand to get to the wall, you're going to get over. We're going to arrest you, and we're just going to send you back. So don't waste your money. They're, how simple is that? They won't do that though because they secretly want the illegal immigration to continue. Duh. That's their fucking future voting base. And then here's uh, Senator Lindsey Graham talking a little bit about Biden's office management buddy on Biden's immigration executive orders. Let's Here's listen. what's happened thus far in the first three weeks. We stopped building the wall. We've halted deportations. We canceled Remain in Mexico policy. Withdrew from asylum agreements with Triangle Nations. We eliminated advanced vetting for terrorists. Reinstated catch and release. Uh, we're can uh, considering canceling the public charge rule. We're ending travel restrictions with uh, countries with national security concerns. Do you believe that the sum total of these policies will lead to more illegal immigration? I do not, and I would be guided <laughs> by facts and evidence. Oh, my God. Facts. So uh, 178% oh, increase in really? single adults coming across the border this time, this year versus last. 50% increase in unaccompanied minors. So the fact that you don't see this as a problem is very disturbing. Thank you very much, Mr. Chair. Yeah, yeah, just hear those stats. 178 increase versus 178% increase this time. That, isn't that great? He laid out all those things that Biden done Biden has done just in the first few weeks and then asked the dope. She's that's Nira Tandon, who's a far left fucking lunatic. And he asked her, Well, do you think this is going to result in more or less illegal immigration? Just like I was saying a few minutes prior. And she goes, No, I don't think that'll lead to more illegal immigration. <laughs> They're shameless. Of course she knows it's going to lead to more. Okay, guys, that's your immigration beat. Let's move on. Let's talk about these fucking dopes at the Lincoln Project. These are these fucking uh, Republicans who hated Trump and successfully grifted tens of millions of dollars from all the resistance cat ladies on social media to uh, film their commercials and enrich themselves greatly in the process. 
Of course, they've been coming under fire lately because not only was one of their founders, John Weaver, harassing young men in a homosexual manner online, uh, but now people are starting to wonder where all the money went. And this is and who knew what, by the way, when when Weaver was sending uh, sexually suggestive text messages to these young men, promising them work in exchange for say a little pat on the old bulge. That's right. And even the New York Times was finally forced to cover this. Uh, six former employees and associates called on the Lincoln Project to waive non-disclosure agreements. And they wanted to be allowed to disclose information that would aid the press, public, and our donors in answering questions relevant to the public interest. And in addition to that, the Lincoln Project released private direct messages onto Twitter between themselves and a news reporter. And notable, this is notable because Twitter's policy is that the publication of hacked materials will get you kicked off Twitter. So therefore... They should be kicked off, and I'm wondering why they haven't been. Of course, we know why. It's because they're a fucking woke bunch of far-leftist weirdos. That's right. That's too funny. The Times reported last month, remember, that Weaver had for years sent unsolicited and sexually provocative messages online, and the youngest person the Times interviewed was 14 when Weaver first contacted him. And they reported this week that Lincoln Project leaders knew about Weaver's behavior as far back as last summer, probably farther back than that, honestly. And yeah, they raised tons and tons of money. It's a fucking giant joke. And uh, notably, one of my uh, favorite woke vets on Twitter is now calling himself the... Uh, he, he blocked me a while ago after I made fun of him repeatedly and he couldn't, t- he couldn't stand it anymore. He's very woke. And I'm not going to say his name. But he has now apparently he put uh, he changed his Twitter bio from you know veterans consultant on veterans affairs or something like that for the Lincoln Project to executive director of the Lincoln Project. So he was promoted in the den of pedophiles that was the Lincoln Project. So now the other co-founder Steve Schmidt said he was stepping down from the board. Also, Steve Schmidt. He's another giant dope. He helped run John McCain's uh, presidential campaign into the ground. And the funny thing was he put out on Twitter a statement where he said he was molested at a Boy Scout camp by a leader who touched his crank. <laughs> like, that was supposed to, like, put up a shield. You guys know I've talked about the shields before. See, that's supposed to shield you from any criticism. If you say stuff like, oh, well, I'm gay, or a Boy Scout leader fucking touched my junk, that's supposed to shield you from your... Uh, crimes, which in this case was fucking taking tens of millions of dollars from the resistance and enriching yourself for it. But I try to tell you about these fucking grifters. Yeah, that's right. Too funny, you guys. I know this is a little niche for you, but uh, if you're on Twitter, it's uh, pretty funny. I do have a super cut here. And the media loved the Lincoln Project. Oh, they thought they were the fucking cat's ass. Here is a supercut of the media fucking sucking Steve off Schmidt, the Lincoln you're part Project. Of the Lincoln Project, you are destroying this president's incompetence. And there's one level at which the Lincoln Project is just trolling Donald Trump and inside his head manifestly. The Lincoln Project is like watching a Jay Z Nas rap battle. I mean, they don't let up on this. Oh, uh, you're so hip. <laughs> founded by members of the GOP, dedicated to 
seeing Donald Trump defeated. And their ads are terrific. They're smart. They're super fast, which is great. Uh, they troll Donald Trump. The, the Lincoln Project has just been hammering Donald Trump. I think he's starting to feel for the first time, you know, <laughs> what it likes to be losing. Take a look at this new ad uh, taunting Trump from the Lincoln Project. Well, they're out with a devastating new TV ad. Here's the Lincoln Project's latest ad. Let's take a look at part of a new ad. I, I want to play an ad. Here is the latest ad. And when I say new, this one's new. President's certainly not going to like waking up to that new ad. They're all against you, Mr. President. A devastating ad from the Republican-led group, the Lincoln Project. I don't think anybody's doubting that you guys are getting under his skin. Look, that ad is hitting at a core flaw in Donald Trump's id. And I think even most Democrats would concede that this is a group whose ad-making acumen is in the league of its own. As the daughter of an ad man, a longtime ad man, I just think that the spots are powerful. Uh, they're, so, they're so powerful. They're so, guys, they're so powerful. Seriously, if you've seen those ads, they're so powerful. <laughs> fucking joke. They're a bunch of fucking old bald guys who fucking just took. You got took. You got took. That's all. You fucking wrote checks like dopes. Full disclosure, I've never given a fucking dime to any politician in my life, and I never even would consider it. Uh, it's too funny. Man, you know, that's this fun. Like I said, the irony is that this 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 implosion probably would not have happened of the Lincoln Project if Trump, the object of their hatred, had won a second term. They'd still be raking in tens of millions of dollars. They'd still be going on the TV shows. Instead, they've been disgraced forever as protecting this fucking perv co-founder. And now people are asking serious comp- questions about where all the money went. Anyway, two, some funny, funny shit, you guys. Because a lot of the Lincoln Project backers are considering cutting off donations. After all, they don't want to be associated with this. And now they're like a spent condom, right? They've served their purpose. The orange man's gone. So what, what do they fucking need them for? They're like Republicans, after all. Big air quotes here. They're, the liberals were never going to... They're useful idiots. They're the epitome of the useful idiot. They got fucking used like a $2 whore who's walking out into the back alley fucking bleeding from all the orifices. That's the Lincoln Project right now. They got used, and they're spent, and they're not needed anymore. What you th- Did they actually think they were going to have a place with the Democrats? They're not Democrats. They're too dumb to see it, though. Okay, let's move on here. Let's go to some military stories. Here's something hilarious. Army officials are evaluating a version of the Army combat fitness test that would, guess what, account for biological differences between men and women. (laughs) It only took them three fucking years to figure out that there's biological differences between men and women. Isn't that fantastic? Something I said four years ago. How about this? Changing, and here they admit that women can't hack it in so many ways at this article at thearmytimes.com. Get this paragraph. Quote, changing elements of the test might also satisfy lawmakers who worried late last year about the disproportionately high failure rates among women. End quote. It's a friggin' joke, dude. There was they were never going to pass a real PT test at a high as high of the rates as men would. You fucking dummies. And also what they wanted to where's the part that I wanted to get to? 
Yeah, so far, the ACFT, the Army Combat Fitness Test, is remaining gender neutral. You know, but they're already looking because women were failing the leg tuck, like, left and right. So now they want to, like, you know, do a plank hold, which is way fucking easier. That was the suggested change that was leaked to an Army forum on Reddit in January. And um, where's the other one? Um... I just want to look because one of the, well, it's not in this article, but one of the, and I'm for this change. What, here's my long standing thing. If you want to do, there should be a basic PT test, right? That every person in the military, in the army, in this case, has to pass a basic PT test. That's pretty easy to pass, right? And then you have different PT tests for the special operators and the infantrymen. That's the way we did it in pararescue in the Air Force. We had the Air Force PT test, which was like the run, the body fat thing and sit-ups or something. I don't even, I don't remember what it was. It was, it was easy. It was like a mile and a half run and then a couple other things. It was pretty simple. But then we had the AFSOC, Air Force Special Operations Command PT test. And we had to do both of those every year. And the AFSOC test was significantly harder. It was way harder than all the other ones in all branches. It was a three-mile run. It was a 1,500-meter swim. And then it was push-ups, pull-ups, sit-ups. Uh, so, you know, with strict form and all that shit. So it was, it was tough. You know, when you were finished, it was a hell of a workout. So that would be my modest suggestion. And I, I, think, you, I think the guy who's an infantryman and a spe- or a special operator or a ranger, Green Beret, whatever... I think he should have a harder PT test than the chick who works at the fucking uh, inn on base. You know, the hotel on base. Just a fucking thought. I know. I'm so radical. What else about the... Uh, I just I accidentally scammed all my tabs here. Oh, guys, I'm having a hard time this week. Okay, bear with me. It's not easy to go two and a half hours straight through. No breaks, no editing. I mean, I'm the only guy who can do it. Everybody knows it. Still... Not that easy to do. I had a few other military stories lined up here. And uh, somehow, I must have hit my tabs and uh, I lost them. Well, I'll get back to them in a minute. Let's go on to a few other stories. Uh, You saw probably the horrible accident on the freeway. I put it out on my Instagram. Did you guys see that shit? Horrible. Shout out to my childhood buddy, Brendan. He said he travels that route. A weekly, scary. But that crash involved more than a hundred vehicles, and it was uh, icy roads, and uh, it was at least six people were killed on this road. The crash was downtown, a little north of downtown Fort Worth. It was reported just after six a.m., and the wreckage stretched for a half mile between Northeast Twenty Eighth Street and Northside Drive, and uh, the there were crash. The video was fucking unbelievable. What else? You guys know I like some of the archaeology stuff. How about this? A shipwreck found in the Black Sea is the world's oldest shipwreck that's been found intact. And it looks fucking badass. Oh, they have the it's on the seabed there. It was a Greek merchant ship dating back more than two thousand four hundred years, and it's been found lying on its side off the Bulgarian coast. And it's about seventy five feet long. It's found in the Black Sea. And yeah, being hailed as officially the world's oldest known intact shipwrecked. 
They were stunned to find the merchant vessel, which closely resembled in design a ship that decorated ancient Greek wine vases. The rudder, rowing benches, and even the contents of its hold remain intact. Uh, it, by the pictures, it does look perfectly preserved. They say that the reason the trading vessel, which dates back to around 400 BC, has remained in such good condition for so long is that the water is anoxic, or free of oxygen. It is lying more than 2,000 meters below the surface. It's beyond the reach of modern divers. Uh, so this vessel was one of many tracking between the Mediterranean and Greek colonies on the Black Sea coast, and it was discovered more than 80 kilometers off the Bulgarian city of Burgos. So they used like, you know, underwater robots and shit like that. So really, really good stuff. I love it. And um, what else as far as archaeology? I got one more here. Etchings found on a 120,000-year-old bone of an extinct giant cow that once roamed Israel are believed to be the oldest symbols ever made by humans. A butchering site was discovered in Israel that dates back 120,000 years, and they found a trove of bone fragments with one bearing six markings. Analysis revealed it was engraved by a human, and intentionally, this is now deemed the oldest known use of symbols among humans. That's fucking cool as shit. Love it. All right, guys. Well, it wouldn't be a complete week without some mask meltdowns and whatnot, so let's get to them. I know you love him. Here's a uh, gym bro in Chicago. He's verbally harassing and shoving a gym employee. And, you know, I listened to a few seconds of this. One, just two notes. Everybody looks gay and everybody sounds gay. You'll hear many millennial upturned voices in this video. So let's uh, go ahead and Walk go away. to it. And I'll push you away. Pushing him right now. And I don't want you near me. If you had just kept your fucking mouth shut and not played games, I'd be walking out and you'd be minding your own business, but you want to be a big guy and you want to play games. Sure, at least you're admitting it now. Well, congratulations, dumbass. <laughs> I don't put up with shit. I don't mind following the rules and keeping other people. Healthy mind, but I don't put up with fucking games and fucking shit. You're a joke, my man. You're a fucking joke. <laughs> Everybody's filming each other. So why are you standing there? I've already said it. I'm not gonna do shit to them. Yeah, you can. You're pretty much verbally abusing us and threatening us right now, so... <laughs> You're threatening us right now? You're, like, threatening us right now? Right now I'm talking... Oh, that was the part comment. It was on when I was working out. It's down because I'm doing this shit. You're also the first person to go out for a touch, so... Yeah, I feel like camera too. Fuck you. God, the world is so fucking weird. Look at all these phones. Look at this. Look at you. The whole narrative. I mean, it's all fucked up. Everyone fucking. You, right? You're all fucking. It's so You're right. It's the world, not you. 
It's a joke. Okay, cool. It's a joke. You're ruining my fucking country. You are. Ah, you are. There it I goes. I don't know about you. I think you're just a wannabe, still in high school, wannabe jack. <laughs> poke, poking yeah, him in the chest. You're Mexican, great. I mean, it's not a racist thing. It's a liberal thing. Skin color doesn't mean jack fucking shit at all. I wish you guys knew that. It doesn't mean shit. Because how he's treating me are based on assumptions made on actions. How are you okay, all right, there you go. Ah, I kind of like that guy. He's funny. All right, what else do there uh, are meltdowns? Here's a chick who was yelling at some guys for smoking weed. Now, just to set the scene, I'm looking. She's like, it's it looks like on a beach or something, and these dudes are literally like 100 meters away from this chick. Like, you can barely make them out, and she starts yelling at them for smoking weed. Let's listen to this Karen. Here we go. Looks like the desert, like a big desert. Hey, you two little kids, don't do what they're doing, okay? That's just gonna get you in a lot of trouble. They're doing drugs, and that's wrong. <laughs> God has a purpose and a plan for your lives, and you guys are ruining it by doing drugs. Yeah. We got your license plate on video. If we see you guys out here again, we're gonna call the cops. And if you're driving high, we hope you don't kill somebody. All right, thanks, Karen. Goodbye. Jesus. That being said, I don't approve of children smoking marijuana. It does make you dumb. Uh, this one is interesting. So here is a crazy old man in Alabama who is confronted after apparently dragging a dog with his truck. And he's going to claim that, hey, I just had my dog tied up in the back and he jumped out of the truck and I didn't notice. But you're going to hear these two old coots fucking yelling at each other. Let's listen to this. that dog 50 miles an hour down that highway. I wasn't going down the highway. You okay, buddy? Over. You almost killed him, sir. I know. Yeah, that, that's cruel. Well, I, he jumped off the truck, and I didn't know it. You, you don't do that. Hey. It was no, you, that's, you get out from here. Look, you get out from here. I'm, I'm leaving. Look, don't tell. I'm just saying that's... Well, you get out from here. I'm leaving. Well, don't kill it. Get out. I'm report. All right, I'm leaving. I'm leaving. Don't hurt me, sir. I'm leaving. Okay. He's chasing I'm him leaving. with a broom. And he goes off. Apparently, the animal services did get involved. So I don't know. What else? Do I have any more? A uh, crazy woman in California assaults a McDonald's employee. Let's listen. No. People over. Imagine getting into an employee, getting into with a McDonald's employee. Oh, and then uh, I spoke earlier about the school closings. This was funny. I put this one on uh, on Instagram. This was the gentleman who was addressing the school board 
who said his kid is depressed and needs to go back to school. And it was funny. Apparently, this gentleman is from Mexico. He's been in the U.S. since like the 80s. But he's got a heavy accent. Uh, so let's uh, listen to how this goes. his bedroom to say goodnight, and he was crying because of the abuse that he was enduring in this school system. And why did you stay in Mexico? You need to leave. You need to leave. I love the gasping. <gasps> so funny, dude. <clears throat> Man, comedy gold out there, guys. Just need to know where to look. All right, how am I doing on time? Okay, I got uh, starting around time a little bit. Let's uh, go here. How about a few bad doctors? Well, listen to this. A Stanford pediatrician, that's a California medical doctor, was arrested after allegedly sending pornographic images to an underage girl and trying to have sex with her. 33-year-old Dr. Dylan O'Connor, who practices at Stanford's Lucille Packard Children's Hospital in Palo Alto, was busted last week in a sting operation in Redwood City. Uh, police got a tip somehow, started investigating him, and uh, they discovered pornographic images allegedly sent by Dylan O'Connor to a young girl. And then he is accused of trying to meet up with the underage victim to have sex with her. They set up a sting, and the pediatrician was arrested by police once he arrived. Imagine you think a Stanford fucking doctor. You'd think that would be, you know, pretty, pretty intelligent guy, right? And he doesn't think he's walking into like a sting operation. He's not the only one who was arrested this week. A Ohio doctor pleaded guilty Thursday to several federal sex trafficking charges. Dr. Albert Aid Toss pleaded guilty to eight charges of sex trafficking and production of child pornography. He is 52. He had six victims ranging in age from 12 to 15 years old. Court records stated that he would entice victims into performing, quote, commercial sex acts, end quote, and forced a 15-year-old to perform a sex act on camera. Police arrested him in an airport in July 2019. He was returning from a trip to Peru. Uh, it's in the news because of the, the plea deal. And let's see, as far as other bad adults here, <laughs> but the schools, the school is way underreported when it comes to like horrible perversions. Principal is accused of making 700 extremely sexual calls to a 17-year-old student. WWL-TV obtained a partial transcript of some of the conversations. Most are too explicit to publish. Okay, fucking delicate. This is a Ph.D. principal, Christy Sampson Kelly, and she was hired at New Orleans's Travis Hill School. That is a school for incarcerated youth. And again, Ph.D., national acclaim in the field of special education. She's 49 years old. She's, she was arrested in November following a, a warrant because she engaged in more than 700 of these extremely sexual and explicit phone calls with a 17-year-old inmate. Uh, in one segment, the juvenile describes an act of oral sex he would like to perform on him. 
In the conversation, she agrees to do so. <laughs> In another section, a juvenile says, quote, I want to hear your sexy voice. She replies by stating she wants a part of his anatomy that is too graphic to repeat. Oh, come on. We're all adults here. In between talks about sex, the transcripts show less graphic conversation. They show that in one instance, the juvenile says, quote, tell me you want to marry me, to which the principal replies, quote, I want to marry you, end quote. Oh, boy. Oh, by the way, she is a married mother of four. <laughs> These fucking women are nuts. And that's not the only, here's another nutty woman. A school band director who had sex with a teenage student faces up to 20 years behind bars. Ashley Elizabeth Steinman, 29 years old, has been accused of engaging in a sex act with the 18-year-old. Uh, despite the student being the age of consent, under Alabama law, it is illegal for a teacher to have sexual relations with an 18-year-old. She has been the band director since... 2017 at this uh, fucking Alabama school. Naughty, naughty. All right. Let's keep going. Let's do some uh, quick hits here. I loved the story of the 90-year-old man who spent $10,000 on Wall Street ads to shame AT&T about his slow internet service. This was fantastic. Aaron Epstein of North Hollywood, California, paid ten grand for the matching quarter-page ads on February 3rd griping that AT&T failed to provide his neighborhood with internet faster than 3 megabits per second. And a happy ending, AT&T, because the story kind of went viral, they responded, and they quickly sent texts over to uh, get some fucking uh, fiber optic internet for the, uh, for the old guy, which is great. Uh, a few business stories. First of all, Uber reported earnings and they said its overall revenue in the fourth quarter of last year was a 16 percent decline from the previous year its losses for the quarter were 968 million dollars that believe it or not was a 12 percent improvement food delivery was a bright spot delivery orders were up 128 percent while bookings for rides were down 47 percent from the fourth quarter of 2019 Uber Eats brought in $1.35 billion in revenue. I still have yet to use any kind of food delivery place at my house. Their counterpart, Lyft, their revenue dropped 44% in the fourth quarter. It was $570 million. They ended up, uh, their net was a loss of $452 million. <laughs> so these, these ride-hailing companies just can't make money. And then, meanwhile, Bitcoin, for all you crypto guys, it hit a record after Tesla uh, bought a lot of it. The company disclosed in its annual report this week that it had purchased $1.5 billion worth of Bitcoin as part of an initiative begun last month to invest in alternative assets like digital currencies and old-timey gold bullion. In addition, they, ex they added that they expected to begin accepting Bitcoin as a form of payment in the near future. So that helped uh, cause a Bitcoin to fucking go up in value. Um, as of this week, it was uh, it, at one point it had rose above $44,000 per Bitcoin. Uh, let's see, what else? The Special Operations 
Training Center has warned soldiers of symbols co-opted by extremists. That's from the JFK Special Warfare Center. I am a proud alumnus. They shared an infographic to familiarize leaders with some new extremist symbols after one of their medical courses had to change its logo because it was nearly identical to injury imagery used by an anti-government militia movement. Well, so what? That's our stuff. Just because some fucking losers co-opt it, you don't give it to them. Stupid. That JFK course was called Trauma 3. And they used the three Roman numeral combined with a circle of stars because it echoed a Betsy Ross flag. But that also... Uh, it was That's what the three percenters use. You know, the scary guys. Yeah. So they... Uh, circulated the infographic made by the New York City Police Department's Intelligence Bureau to highlight 23 symbols. Do I have more of the symbols? Um, they describe boogaloo patches and variations of the Pepe the Frog memes. Shit like that. It's fucking stupid. I wonder what China's doing while we're doing this, you know? I always think about that. Um, celebratory cannon salute at a baby gender reveal ends in death. A 26-year-old Michigan man died after he was hit with shrapnel from a small cannon-type device that exploded when it was fired in celebration at a baby shower. Evan Thomas Silva was a guest. He was about 10 to 15 feet from the device when it blew up in the backyard of a home. Metal shrapnel hit him. Fucking stupid. Stop doing this crap. How about this headline? Father, 50, who's been found guilty twice of raping his six-year-old son to death with a stick, will face a third trial after one conviction was overturned and the second case ended in a mistrial. What is wrong with the people in Arkansas? He was. This was uh, Mar Mauricio Torres, 50. He was convicted in 2016, but the state's highest court overturned the ruling, saying authorities couldn't use rape and justification for murder conviction. Fucking unbelievable. He was convicted in 2016 in the death of Isaiah Torres. This was his... Um, how was this... It was his son, right? Yeah, it was his son. Okay. Horrible. So the jury did their job. He was convicted twice in the brutal murder of his son. But both times, for some stupid reason, the state high courts uh, stepped in about this. Really, really bad. Just fucking get a rope, toss it over the nearest tree branch, and fucking take care of business. Actor Kevin Hart's personal shopper charged with stealing $1 million from him. How about that? Dylan Sire began working for him in only 2015, and he's accused of making unauthorized purchases using Kevin Hart's credit cards. Yeah, and like I said, another criminal mastermind. He would uh, buy Louis Vuitton bags and Patek Philippe watches, super expensive shit, and then he would pose with all his stolen shit on, on Instagram. So honestly, if he didn't fucking need to brag about it on social media, he probably never would have been caught. Couple notable deaths. Larry Flint, who built a porn empire with Hustler, has died at 78 years old. And another guy 
who died at 85, was Danny Ray. Who was Danny Ray? He was James Brown's original hype man. He was the guy who would come out on stage when James Brown would be like overcome with a, <laughs> the, the soul and drop to his knees. And Danny Ray would come out with the cape, you know, and drape it on him and then kind of lead James Brown off. And then halfway off the stage, James Brown would miraculously, he'd throw the cape off and come back and just get into it even more. It was very dramatic. It was the same shtick over. It was great every time. I've seen the shtick a hundred times on video and a few times in person. It's a, it's a great one. I would watch it a hundred more times. So good stuff there. Uh, let me see. What else do I have? Woman films herself engaging in sex act with a dog and sent the video on WhatsApp. Hmm. This was in the UK. She was also sentenced. This is Kelly Louis Agnew. Police visited her home last January seizing two devices, and that's when they found a WhatsApp video of her engaging in a lewd act with a dog. Hmm. All right. India fireworks explosion kills several, wounds dozens. Several explosions in a private fireworks factory in southern India killed at least 11 workers and injured 34 others. Ten fire engines were called in to fight the fire, which destroyed four sheds in the factory. Uh, you guys know I love the social media dumbasses. How about this? Two brothers stage elaborate stabbing hoax so they could post prank on social media. This is in the Montgomery area, Silver Spring, Maryland, by my uh, parents' area. And uh, this happened when they received a call reporting a stabbing at a residential home. The caller stated that two brothers had been fighting in the house and it appeared that one of them had stabbed the other in the neck with a knife. So responding authorities entered the home. They observe a 21-year-old male, later identified as Denidson Jean, lying on the floor holding a T-shirt to his neck to stop the apparent heavy bleeding. Then they saw a 19-year-old male, later identified as Pierre Jean, so two dopey brothers. And they're like, oh, yeah, he stabbed him, blah, blah, blah. The officers began to administer first aid, when Denidson sat up, started laughing, and told the officer that it had all been a prank for social media. <laughs> I bet the cop was doing this. <laughs> That's funny. That's fucking funny. Get on the fucking ground. That's what the cop did. Hopefully he did that. Yeah, they were promptly arrested. Good. They should get 10 years in prison for that, just for being stupid. <clears throat> Ohio mom comes home to find her two young sons, five years old and one years old, shot dead, and another four years old, critically injured as her boyfriend is arrested for the murder. 27-year-old Kevin Moore is being held. Gabriel and Amir Phillips were killed, while Ashton Phillips, four, continues to fight for his life. Fucking garbage. 15 people have been killed in the deadliest week of U.S. avalanches in over a century. The deadly stretch from January 30th to February 6th was the worst since 1910. It included avalanches in Utah, Colorado, Montana, California, Alaska, and New Hampshire. Yeah, that's you, you go off the trails, man. It's fucking sketch. Um, and then we had three climbers go missing in their attempt to climb the mountain K2 during the winter. 
That's in uh, near Pakistan. And some climbers call K2 the Savage Mountain. It's the world's second tallest summit, and it is considered by some climbers to be even more perilous. So they said three climbers have been missing, and they don't think they're going to find them. There's one guy from Pakistan, another guy from Iceland, and a 33-year-old Chilean. Let's see. A parents of a man who committed suicide in June after mistakenly thinking he owed Robinhood trading app $730,000 are suing Robinhood for wrongful death. Alexander Kearns, 20 years old, jumped in front of a train on June 12, 2020. He left a suicide note explaining he'd been financially devastated. Screenshots of his Robinhood account showed negative balances of $730,000. However, this was likely a temporary display before his options contract settled. See, this is what you get when you don't know what the fuck you're doing. And you know what? I feel sorry for him, but his parents should not fucking get any money. This is either, this is big boy shit. This is real money and real markets and real trading. If you can't fucking handle it, then don't get into it. Guess what? It's not all... You see all the propaganda of people making all this money? People lose a fucking shitload of money, too. You never hear those stories because nobody ever talks about their losses, ever. Don't chase trends. Uh, That Florida town was... uh, That Florida water treatment facility was hacked. That was pretty crazy. Yeah, they they were using a dormant remote access software... And they tried to poison the water supply. Luckily, the hack was quickly caught by a human operator at the facility. But pretty scary. This was in Pinellas County. The hackers gained access to the water facility's control system through remote access software known as TeamViewer. And they said this is... They they still don't have any like suspects from this or anything. One of you guys sent me this one. A protest leader, Cameron Williams, was fired from a library for removing conservative books and then burning them. (laughs) He's been radicalized, radicalized by the media. In a historic first, the Marines are now fucking having women recruits at Marine Corps Depot San Diego. For the first time, 60 women were among the recruits at MCRD. And thank God, no doubt, this will make uh, male Marines much stronger and faster. Yeah, right. I don't think so. But whatever. That ship has sailed. Uh, Anything else here? A... uh, I don't want to do... I don't have enough time to do that one. Let's keep going. Here, what about this one? I have one more audio clip here oh yeah here's stupid gavin newsom he was heckled during an outdoor press conference by people yelling recall newsom let's play a little bit um of course really you're gonna give me it's guy wants to give me a commercial hold on i can skip past it though here we go 110 from 1.6 plus million and we've been able to close that backlog and we're making real progress but that backlog again is dynamic. That was the old backlog. Over the course of the last few weeks, we have cumulative examples, and I'm sure those are the ones you've cited as it relates to effect- efficiently getting those checks out. But do not be naive that we have to do so in a way that addresses 
this rampant fraud we've seen all across the United States. So we want to do that with verification, and we want to do it with the sophistication of understanding that we have since last October <laughs> when we began the process of changing our protocols as it relates to the distribution of the same. <laughs> Governor, uh, you mentioned... Recall Newsom. I love it. And by, you know, you notice how he did there? Oh, the, the EDD fraud, the historic unemployment fraud. No, that's been happening all over the country. You notice how he does that? He's like, oh, he, he implies that California is just one of many places. Yeah, there's been fraud, but nowhere has it hit worse than California. So fucking phony. And then finally, you guys, let's go right to the big finish. You know, we got to do it because I'm out of time. Two and a half hours. Here we go. Ex-church minister jailed after targeting children on Grinder. You know, I love it here. This is over in the UK. Uh, 60-year-old Hugh Graham is a former church messenger. He talked to at least two youngsters and downloaded thousands of indecent images from the dark web before he was snared by a police officer posing as a 13-year-old boy. <laughs> In one message, Graham wrote to the, what he thought was the 13-year-old boy, quote, I'm hoping you aren't a gang of blokes trying to trap me. I could get in trouble for chatting to you, end quote. Well, he was arrested at his home in Camden, North London, where police found two laptops, a mobile phone, memory cards, and a USB stick containing more than 35,000 illegal images of children as young as three. Ugh. He is a former United Reformed Church minister. He was sentenced to four years in prison this week, having pleaded guilty to a string of child sex offenses between May of 2018 and December of 2019. And he's, of course, been placed on the sex offenders registry. And just because I just have a minute here uh, and I'm fascinated with this, and a second big finish story, let's go over to Nigeria where a... Uh, palm wine maker had been beheaded by suspected ritualists. Yeah, he was not only beheaded, but they did harvest some of his organs, and yes, regrettably, that did include his penis. So they just call them ritualists. I don't know what kind of wacky witch doctors you're dealing with over there. But there you go, guys. That's all I got. There goes the iPad. That's two and a half hours. Fucking unbelievable. I'm shot. I'm spent. You guys don't like I put everything I got into this every week and I really hope you appreciate. It. Like I'm physically exhausted by the time I'm done with it. It's like no joke. I feel like I just ran a rare marathon. As always, please guys, I'm going to say it one more time. Please consider going to Patreon, making a donation. Don't be a strap hanger. Come on. 10 hours a month of all of this content, it's worth a buck or two. If you want the show to keep going, I really would appreciate you hopping on. Please follow me on Twitter at @bravokiloactual. Check out the Instagram at BK Actual. And that is all I have for you. I will see you next week.